Welcome to Paid in Puke, the podcast where we discuss female-driven films through an inclusive feminist lens, with the help of the 1988 film, Heathers. Paid in Puke is hosted by Jessica Baxter, Amy Green, and Christina Barr. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Welcome to the Paid in Puke 2024 Oscar Special! Yay! <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel hosts the 96th Academy Awards, broadcasting live on ABC and live TV streaming platforms, Sunday, March 10th at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern from the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. (laughs) I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Amy Green. I'm Christina Barr. And joining us is, as now the tradition, is our <laughs> resident Oscars specialist, Denise Rodriguez. Hello! <laughs> Third time's a trend. <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't it? Three is a trend. I guess. Three yes. is a trend. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I think it's like a reporting thing, like if something's news oh, or not, three is oh, a trend. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> So, as in the past, we'll go through the big categories, which include Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor-Actress, Best Supporting Actor-Actress. And this time, we also decided to each pick a category that we would like to discuss. For each category, we will say who we think is missing from the category, who we would like to win the category, and who we predict will win. And so, for branding purposes, I'm calling them Misses, Wishes, and Predictions. I'm sticking with it. I don't know. I came up with it with my notes and I was like, this is happening. (laughs) As of this recording, they have yet to announce presenters. Okay. Uh, It's a bummer because I usually like to talk about that and speculate, but Mm -hmm. we assume they'll carry on the tradition of having the previous year's Best Actor, Best Actress winners announce those awards, which means Michelle Yeoh and Brendan Fraser. Right. And they usually do that with supporting too, right? Do they? I feel like they do, yeah. So that would be, I know Jamie Lee Curtis is one, and oh gosh. the other is... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I would love that. I meant to listen to our last year's podcast just to remember how close we were. And I can't remember that much. We were all certain it was going to be Jamie Lee Curtis, and it definitely, obviously was. <laughs> it definitely was. It definitely <laughs> was. It was definitely someone. <laughs> I know it was someone. So what do you want to start at the big category? We can start any of the, the babies. Why don't we start with Best Actor since it's at the top of this page that I'm looking at. Okay. Cool. That's also the top paper on my little notes stack. Check it out. Best Actor in a Leading Role, Bradley Cooper, Maestro. She's Holy- doing a jerk-off motion now. <laughs> in my heart. It's right. a pie. <laughs> As one does. I'm worried getting editorialized. Coleman Domingo, Rustin. Paul Giamatti. The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction, 
Okay, we can talk normally now. <laughs> I never knew that it was Killian Murphy. I always thought it was Cillian Murphy. Oh, no, no, no. That's like, it's really... There's a Murphy head over here. Okay. <laughs> no, also an Irish names pronunciation head. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of funny how every traditional Irish name is pronounced the way that you would never guess. Right. <laughs> every single time. It's tradition. So who wants to start with who they think is missing? The misses. Okay, Andrew Scott from mm. all yeah. of us strangers I thought was a Absolutely. big miss mm-hmm. for a lot of categories for all, like yeah. all the acting categories all of us strangers is really I got done dirty yeah <laughs> right. it's mm-hmm. completely unrepresented right I think there's nothing yeah. they didn't get anything was, it was incredible that movie yeah. I meant to go see it this weekend, and then I didn't because I was like, I know that was one of the snubs. I have to see it it's so very, I can talk about good. it. So I'm glad you guys all have that covered. Well, you should absolutely see it anyway. It's just such oh, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. yeah, it was great. I'm excited to see that one. And um, I knew Andrew Scott was good, but, I mean, he blew me away. Yeah, it was, I it don't was, know him at all. What's yeah. from? I guess I first saw him in the Sherlock, BBC Sherlock, oh, with okay. Benedict mm. Cumberbatch. And he was Moriarty, so he was, like, a completely different vibe (laughs) there. And then he's most famous, perhaps, for being the hot priest in Fleabag. Oh, right! That's where I recognized (laughs) him. (laughs) I'm writing notes, and now I have a note that says, hot priest Fleabag. That's always a good note. (laughs) He's very delightful in that. I like that you believe in a meaningless existence. And you're good for me. You make me question my faith. And? I've never felt closer to God. (laughs) Fuck you. What was that? It wasn't a fox, was it? I don't know. Is it a fox? Shine something. Ooh! Bah! Oh, God, I bet it's a fox. Oh, God. No, I'm not being funny. Foxes have been after me for years. It's like they have a pact or something. I'm not kidding. I was on a toilet, a toilet of a train, and when the train stopped, a fucking fox tried to get through the window of a train. Its face was in the window. And once, when I was at a monastery, I woke up just feeling a bit weird, like there might be a fox about, and a fox was sitting underneath my window looking at me like this. Pointing at me like you. We're watching you. We're having you. I think that in the script he wasn't meant to be quite as charming as he ended up being. <laughs> they kind of wrote more for him to do. I always love it when that happens. They're like, oh, this person is so great. Let's yeah. try to keep them around as long as possible. So can we talk about Leo? Yeah. Because, first of all, I have a thing about being snubbed. Like, just because you didn't get picked doesn't mean you were snubbed. There were lots of great performances, and there can only be five. So maybe you just were number six, you know? That's why I changed Um, the verbiage. I love it. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) It just just got too lost in the weeds about the pedantry of what a snub is. Right. Oh, anyway, go on. I mean, I thought he was really amazing in Killers of the Flower Moon, and oftentimes when I see him in a film, I see Leo the whole time. I did not see Leo, and so... Maybe that's a low bar. Maybe it's like, because I didn't realize, you know, I didn't see <laughs> you him. You don't know the kid that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could see him on this list. It wouldn't have surprised me if he'd been there. Yeah. And I think he was kind of expected mm-hmm. to be on the list. I mean, know? I would definitely put him there instead of Bradley Cooper. Oh, God. We were talking yeah. about, like, which, like, pretty <laughs> white boy needs to be there. <laughs> Did you watch Maestro? It was... I didn't, and I don't yeah, think I'm I need not. To. This is the category I have seen the least of. I've only seen American fiction. Which was so I'm saving my comments on Maestro until we get to the best picture. Okay. I have opinions. It was yeah. a it was a vanity project for sure. I like Bradley Cooper, but he's just that guy that gets to do everything all the time. I don't know. I think I would have liked him if he stuck with comedy. He came from like Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. And Stella, and now he's like this Oscar bait biopic guy. Mm. I'm like. Barf. <laughs> 
I'm not generally a fan of a biopic. He's definitely like always disappeared bad. up his own beautiful ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, the film was just kind of meh. And like three me. of these are biopics. Yeah, I've, okay, <laughs> this is my opinion about nominations for best acting for a biopic. I think it's very lazy voting. I think yes. it is much easier to assess a performance when you have something to compare it to. Like, this person acted just like Julia Child, therefore they should be nominated. Or, yeah. I think that's lazy, and I think it's far more challenging to take a character off of the page and turn it into something that is a believable character. Yeah. To me, that seems more artistically challenging totally. and should be rewarded. And yeah, I it's not really irritated. Like, oh, he imitated Johnny yes. Cash for two hours, you know? Right. Like, so boring. It's pretty rare when you actually see them transcend what you would expect or what you know about the character. Like, the, mm-hmm. the one that comes to mind is I, Tanya. Yeah. That's right. one that really yes. works. Yeah. But it's so rare. Or like a character that you don't know anything about, you know, where it's like there's maybe not that much historical information about them. You can kind of play with that part and do what you want. The Judas and the Black Messiah and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like some under-celebrated or under-storied Yeah, and the movie was basically about the wife. I mean, they had such a complicated relationship. It was just such a weird story. Like, it wasn't about his work. It was, like, about the marriage and the Carrie Mulligan character doing all of the sacrificing, this whole process of her dying. I don't know what he was trying to do with that. Like, he had the family, the Leonard Bernstein estate signed off on it, and there were some parts where he just kind of, like, went off the rails. What the... I don't know. Do be more specific, please. I need to know. Okay, well, like... (laughs) I just see him as like Bradley Cooper Mm -hmm. doing a bit or something. He's telling his friends, it's like a baby or something, but it's just a really weird (laughs) scene where he's like, I've slept with both of your parents. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, and then there's another part where they, the Philharmonic practices in the summers or whatever. And that's where he would have affairs with like younger men primarily. And it's just like a random scene where it looks like he's in the club, but it's like Maestro Unchained or something. Like he's like (laughs) wasted and old and dancing with this like student guy to like (laughs) Tears for Fears shout. And it's like a very weird club scene. I don't know. I was just like, what is the... Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. If I see that, it'll make me angry because I'll just think about the club scene and all the strangers and how perfectly done that was. Yeah. And I, and my biggest boring. problem with Bradley is that you can see the acting. You can really totally. see the seams in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He never disappears. And I, I feel like it's, that's why he did the nose. He was oh, like, God, I'll disappear into the role. And it's like, you can't. Right. You're no. not capable of that. And if that was that, that's, that's, like, that's, that's going to be I'm terrible. So because like the fat makeup person or whatever. Yes. They won won last time. Yeah. First of all, Leonard Bernstein's <laughs> nose is not that big. Right. And also, yeah. Bradley Cooper's nose is not that small. Right. Really. If I he saw the side-by-side comparison. Just do some acting and that would really cover right. it, I feel like. Yeah. You know? Elephant man weird face acting. <laughs> right? so yeah. irritated. I thought the film was really mostly very boring up until his wife gets cancer. That's actually when it got to be like, there's some stakes involved now. I Now I care about something happening. Mm. The rest of the time it was really boring. And I thought they missed a lot of opportunity because Leonard Bernstein was actually quite an activist and they didn't talk about any of that. Mm. He was active on civil rights, on HIV AIDS research and funding, Vietnam War protests. They never talk about any of that. So they just made him look like sort of a cad, like a talented cad, using my position of power to sleep with young male students behind my wife's back. 
And his dutiful wife who let it happen because he's a genius. Stayed with him or whatever because he needed that. Yeah. Her role kind of pissed me off too. Like I was like, oh, another long-suffering wife going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm -hmm. But then she did a really good job with the dying part. She was Mm -hmm. amazing. She's a terrific actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She's a terrific actor, but she is frequently in movies where I'm like, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. She deserves better. I mean, a lot of the movie, it felt like an actor's studio experiment or something. Like, he takes her on a first date, and, like, she takes him to a theater. Then they, like, act out a scene with each other. He's just, like, one of those inside the actor's studio. Yeah, Yeah. literally. Literally. Yeah, Yeah, literally. And, you know, because he can. Like, he had Spielberg behind it, I think. He Mm -hmm. had, like, all of these names, like... Producing. Yeah, I mean, he took his swing because he could, you know? Oh, also, he is lobbying hard. Like, if you read any of the, like, the Hollywood reporting, like, he is pushing really hard. He really wanted the director nod was what he really, really wanted. People were like, he's Anne Hathaway himself. I thought that was really sad. Too earnest, wants it too much, now we hate you. Kind of, like, a little bit of what happened with her. I didn't get that comparison because I really like Anne Hathaway. I know, me me too. But people kind of gave her this vibe, like, you just want it too bad. So now we are not cool anymore. But she never even saw. I'm like, what are you looking at that says that to you? Well, or dare you be good? And she was good at but it. But they do like campaigning like in Hollywood. Though. Yeah. Like, if you live in LA during this time, there's like billboards and ads on buses and mm-hmm. stuff. And they saw that too much. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it's not even that. It's not this. Like, right. It's the studio. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. Gotta go to all the lunches or <laughs> right. whatever. Yeah. So that the movie kind of like meandered and it didn't feel like it had a point. I don't know. It was just boring. I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm definitely okay. not going to see it. Um, so that's Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this rate, we'll be here for a I week. Know, right? <laughs> Did anyone see Coleman Domingo and Rustin? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went into it like, okay, it's executive produced by the Obamas. It's mm-hmm. about civil rights hero. Maybe it's going to be a little overly earnest kind of after school special vibe. And then I completely enjoyed it. And I thought he was amazing. And he oh. is actually my pick of who I would want to win. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it was cool. so good. I had never heard of Bayard Rustin before, but he is the person who took the lead on organizing the March on Washington where MLK gave his big famous speech. But because he's gay, they used that against him to try and undermine the entire civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. to try and undermine the march. And then he kind of had to like step out from getting any accolades in order to like keep his gayness from tarnishing things. And so that's why you don't hear very much about him when people Mm -hmm. talk about the civil rights movement. I thought it was just really cool to learn about him and Coleman Domingo was, I would say, a revelation. I really loved it. Wow. And that's like what you were talking about before. I want a biopic to teach me something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I knew yeah. all there was to know about that person, yeah. I would have been, God, another biopic, but I didn't Here's really know anything about it. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, really? Like this happened? You know, yeah. like going to Wikipedia, I'm like, sure enough, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was really cool. And I really liked him in that role. He was really great. Cool. Oh, did you say who your misses were? Denise? I think I'm not surprised by seeing Coleman Domingo there because I saw the movie and thought he was so great, but I don't think he was necessarily high on everyone's list. Like, are you guys surprised to see it there? I, Were you like, I, had I never heard of it until the yeah. 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 But you're making me want to see it. It sounds good. It is good. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's on Netflix. It's on so. Netflix, yeah. yeah. No cost, all benefit. 
I do feel like the nominated movies have been a lot more accessible than in past years. Five years ago, it was just impossible to see anything outside the theater. Was that like, (laughs) oh, oh, you mean available to see? Right. Not accessible, like I enjoyed watching it. Right. (laughs) But that too, there was a couple years where it's like everything has to be so dreary. We're like all quiet on the Western Front. Oh my God. Oh my God. God. It's still scarred. I might be the only one here who didn't see the holdovers, but I, in general, tend to like Paul Giamatti. I have a soft spot for him because his dad used to be the baseball commissioner. Um, (laughs) But I didn't see it, but I have no grudge against him if he would. Mm -hmm. Everybody else saw it. Yeah, Yeah, I I did. He's like my wish for who would win. Mm -hmm. I've always really liked him and his role in the holdovers. It was really good. It's kind of a schmaltzy story, I would Mm -hmm. say. He's just this really unappreciated teacher at this like prep school with all these rich asshole kids and I just liked his character like he was just totally unappreciated by society basically and it was a good story with the kid I thought the kid from it should have been nominated I wouldn't have been surprised there was some talk about that yeah he would have deserved it if he'd gotten that supporting actor nom did you see the news about best casting being a category that they're gonna yeah yeah, exactly so the holdovers was one that I was thinking like if it's kind of about an ensemble cast that did a great job I would totally see the holdovers being a contender for that yeah everyone was great but yeah he was really good in that movie and the whole movie had like a 70s vibe like i think it was taking place in the early 70s yeah it yeah definitely looked, it looked like it was from there yeah i enjoyed it and i thought he was great and i would not be mad if he won i'd be mad if bradley cooper won yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only, the only one, one. <laughs> that's the worst choice um, i don't think he will yeah and i love jeffrey wright I didn't really love american fiction that much and killian murphy again i didn't see oppenheimer but he's good Anything would be fine as long as it's not B-Coop. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like kind of a weak category. (laughs) B-Coop. Yeah. (laughs) That's cute. I know. Like, I don't want to say his full name because that's what he wants the most. (laughs) (laughs) Bradley Cooper. So let's give him a nickname. (laughs) My prediction is Killian Murphy is going to win. Mine too. Same. Mine too. too. I feel like Oppenheimer is going to... Not sweep necessarily, yeah, but win a bunch. Dominate. Yeah. yeah. I'm like 50% annoyed about that. I personally think that if Barbie had not come out the same weekend as Oppenheimer, I don't think Oppenheimer would have gotten as much attention as it did. I completely I think it got a Barbie boost. I see. Oh, I think definitely. it's a Barbie boost, yes. I mean, Nolan always has a lot of buzz around him, yeah. no matter what. But I do think that it helped a lot of people went to see it in the theater. At mm. least it helped the box office, for sure, because that became a whole thing. I totally see that. I agree with you. And I didn't see Oppenheimer. I'm sure it's fine. It's just not something that I would say. I don't really like Chris Nolan, whatever. It wasn't made for me, but... I feel like the whole Barbenheimer thing was overall like really good for movies and for people who like yeah. to go to movies. Okay, yeah, people will go and see a movie that's like original, that's not part of a franchise, that's not a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I think the whole thing was overall a benefit to people like us who want to go see movies mm-hmm. in the theater. Yeah. yeah. It was so fun. I think yeah. I had such a good time that weekend. <laughs> Everywhere I went, it was like, hi, right. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I right. love the memes about too like how Oppenheimer is the movie they make for like when you go shopping and they have to entertain your boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) it was a really fun time on social media 
appreciate for that. I just yeah. saw someone the other day wearing that shirt that Brugos has where it's the quote from oh. Oppenheimer and the Barbenheimer. Like, <laughs> on his whole Halloween costume, yeah. the Barbenheimer yeah, Halloween was costume great. was brilliant. Yeah. I love people saying what they would see first yes. in the same weekend. Yeah, the whole talk about what order and then some people yeah. being like Barbie, Oppenheimer, Barbie. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think they so they came out with one of those maps where it was like state by state. <laughs> Which movie one. had the better, yeah, <laughs> first opening weekend? And then, I mean, deal. let's, Greta Gerwig broke, like, every record. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. I think we have more to say about yeah. that. Yeah. We get the director yeah. category. Yeah. The thing that was significant to me about Barbenheimer, like, post-pandemic, I really missed going to the movies, mm-hmm. being in a movie. And I met so many people who were like, I didn't miss that at all. I realized yeah. I never missed it. And I was like, right. I can't relate to you at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think that turned the tide. Yeah, it did. It <laughs> saved Hollywood. Let's yeah. like, seriously, yes, let's yes, give it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's an exaggeration. Oh. We need to get Barbie and flowers. Right? I saw like, it multiple times. Flowers. I remember we went, I wore my Barbie shirt too. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw it another time and these young women like dressed up for yeah. it. And like, that was just so fun. I had missed like a zeitgeisty yeah. moment. It's a moment. It is a yeah. moment. <laughs> I honestly feel like it's still a moment. Like Barbie has had this huge... In particular, Barbie I mean, of the Barbenheimer still in the phenomenon. Conversation with the nominees, yes. so. <laughs> totally. So yeah, Jeffrey Wright. I liked American Fiction not as much as I thought I would, but I guess he was my wish. Just because yeah, like, I love him. Even though I love Killian Murphy too. Mm-hmm. I guess what you had for American Fiction that I had for Oppenheimer, where I really like Killian Murphy, but I was completely underwhelmed by Oppenheimer. Mm. And, like, I've seen him be so much better in better movies. Mm-hmm. So I watched the first half of Oppenheimer. There was a lot of that cutting back and forth between we're scientists and we're doing a thing and now we're building the bomb. I really like those parts of the movie. Then they switched to the scenes where it's the hearings and, like, the interrogation mm-hmm. kind of. And I did not like those parts. And so they started to switch to that right around the hour and a half mark. There mm-hmm. was, like, a thing that happened with Robert Downey Jr., then by 10 minutes later, I was like, God, I'm kind of bored now. And yeah. I paused the movie and thought, I'll come back and watch more later. And then I didn't get to it before my 48 hours ran out on my streaming. <laughs> oh, no. And so then I was like, God, I'm not paying another $20 to watch oh, no. this. But then literally last night, it was like, it's only $5.99 now. <laughs> so I watched the second half. I actually liked it a lot better this second sitting <laughs> than I did the first time. Your breather. I was kind of like, okay, actually, I liked this more. And I can see why he's nominated. He does play somebody who evolves over a long period of time, and he's like much younger in the beginning and older in the end. But for American fiction, I thought Jeffrey Wright was great, but he wasn't what excited me about that movie. He was the solid sort of like holding it down main Mm -hmm. character, but his brother was the one that was like... Yeah. So we'll talk about that in another category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The surprise for me there was that it wasn't really about the world of fiction as much Mm -hmm. as it was about like just a family drama. But so I was kind of wondering if it was like they thought that a black family drama that wasn't like the kind of stories that they make fun of in that movie, no one was going to see it. So it's almost like a meta meta irony Mm -hmm. going on there. (laughs) There was a meta irony. Yeah, like they marketed just about publishing. I thought the family drama stuff was like not interesting. 
That's why I was like disappointed. Mm. And it was just not something I would have wanted to see. I, I thought it gave the film heart. The film also made me really think about, as consumers of media, what kind of stories are we told about Black families mm-hmm. yeah. and Black experience? And especially now that there's obviously a lot of dialogue about wanting to see more Black stories, but what kinds of Black stories do we right. get to see? <laughs> it honestly gave me a lens to look at some of the other movies, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why I liked it, was that now I'm sort of applying this perspective to other movies too. Like what kind of movies do we consume about Native Americans? What stories do we get told? And do we only ever see stories where people are suffering or pain or not seeing like a diversity of stories? Diverse stories are available, but the ones that are really championed are the stereotypes. Right. Yep. Wait, Amy, did you say who you who wanted I, to win? Who I want to win is really anyone but Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a very good answer. Yeah. Um, well, I love Jeffrey Wright. I thought he was fine in that movie, though. And Paul Giamatti, because I really enjoy him. Mm-hmm. He but, deserves your support. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember his tiny role in Singles? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. What? <laughs> There's just no privacy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do also want to say that I totally would have been shocked to see Barry Keoghan there, but I really mm-hmm. liked him, and I thought he mm-hmm. would be deserving of a nomination, even though it wouldn't happen in a <laughs> snowball's chance of hell. That's not what they're looking for. I agree. I would be happy to see him here on this list. Barry, he's very good, Barry. And mm-hmm. like, he's got a lot more good roles in him, too. So young. Just the Bradley is like, you could have put so many different people in there than you did. Yeah. Why did you put that there? It's very obvious who you would swap out. I guess like another <laughs> thing about Paul Giamatti, it would be so great for him to win like this leading actor role. He's such a character actor, right? yeah. He's a character yeah. actor and... What exactly does character actor mean? It just seems like somebody that is like faceless or like... But a lot of it is implies you don't play a leading role. You play right. like the less glamorous roles that are meatier, but they are almost never the lead. That is kind of a, a rare opportunity for him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Has yeah. he won before? No, I think he might have been nominated in nominated for Sideways. For sideways. Yeah. Looks like he was nominated for Cinderella Man in 2006. What year was Sideways? I don't even see that listed here. Sideways, I think, was a long time ago. Maybe he wasn't mm. nominated for Sideways. It was nominated for stuff. Maybe then... it was just Thomas Hayden Church was nominated. Oh, mm-hmm. God. I remember <laughs> I did not like going Sideways. crazy for him. I didn't like it. It looks like he won the Critics' Choice Award okay. this yeah. year. Oh, this year. Mm-hmm. So that's nice for him. That's kind of the only mean one that I see. Well, I haven't seen oh. all Alexander Payne movies, but it seems like his leading male characters are all kind of like shady or they're duplicitous. And this character was not that. Not that mm-hmm. that makes it like worthy of awards or anything, but I just mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Like, it's a different he, he was a very story. redeemable <laughs> character in mm-hmm. other Alexander Payne. I don't think the men are necessarily redeemable. Mm. He also won the Golden Globe this year for Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Oh, okay. I feel like they tend to get it a lot more right than the Oscars. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not like he's like a complete long shot. It could happen. It could happen. All right. Let's go to Best Actress. That's right. Already there. Okay. Denise excited for Best Actress in a Leading Role. The nominees are Annette Benning, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Emma Stone, Poor Things. 
Christine and I were talking off pod that a big miss here for us was Greta Lee yeah. from Past mm-hmm. Lives. Same. Yeah. It is, to me, the crime of the season. Like, everyone's up in the arms about Margot, but for me, mm-hmm. it was Greta Lee. Yeah, the crime of the year. That's yeah. the Greta who got robbed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah different That's Greta. <laughs> but also, Margot Robbie on the list of sort of the top likely mm-hmm. with the odds or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was, I think, fifth. Um, I mean, I was surprised. So I was that surprised. She was. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was too. But the Oscars doesn't generally like giving comedies that many awards. Mm-hmm. Barbie to me was like mainly totally. a comedy. You're right. They definitely think mm-hmm. lesser of comedies in general. For sure. Right. And I'm sorry, but like nobody saw Naya. I hate. I saw just, Naya. Well, okay, but. I mean, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You saw it because you watch all the Oscars. Yeah. Things, but there has to be some old Hollywood royalty married to Warren Beatty. It's right. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. She was really great. She <laughs> was, but I'm yeah. just like, was she better than Grace? Was she the no. best? No. So that's my thing. I'm like, she was, she was good, but. We're um, the best here. Yeah, I was really surprised reading the nomination. I was like, yeah. I had for. Jody and... Yeah, that was surprising to me, honestly. That was the elder statesperson of Hollywood. Yeah. And, yeah, and really. the playing a real person so we can compare it to right, something. Right, you know, So people right. are going to be like, look at all this video of Diane and I had. She's like the real thing. She did it exactly right. right. Yeah. I feel like this one is like a pretty strong category. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's fine in this, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, because you're one of us, you know. Right. But, yeah. It was more like a nomination for her life's work and not that particular role. Which really drives me nuts when they do that right, sort of I hate thing, that. and they do it all the time, well, leaving out someone yeah, who I really say, yeah. killed right. the role. Right? Who's Greta Lee? She's like an outsider. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of women-centered stories this year. In yes. general, I really noticed when I was watching the films. So I think there was just a lot of opportunity for a lot of actresses this year. And there were some really great performances. Right. Even though, like, I feel like Greta Lee is a big miss. But I don't think anyone was better than Emma Stone in Poor Things. I thought that was, like, such a standout killer performance. Yeah. She is my pick. For sure. <laughs> right. She's your pick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of torn between Lily and Emma. Before I saw Poor Things, I was like 100% Team Lily. And then, of course, when she won the Golden Globe, like if our entire Oscars broadcast were just her giving a speech, I would be here for it. Um, <laughs> so I kind of want her to win for a lot of reasons. Also, Montlake Terrace, hometown, hometown lady. But yeah, the role that Emma Stone played was like a intense role, like a complicated role. She, you know, was very like, physical, which I physical. love. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really challenging role and she completely nailed it. Nailed and it. that yeah. very funny and Yeah. Like so a lot of fair. range. I loved that movie. Yeah. So, and I loved her in it. I mean, I loved that movie. I loved pretty much everything about that movie and still I thought she was the best thing about that movie. She was. Yeah. You can't compare it to anything. You can't compare <laughs> yeah. that role to anything else you've ever seen. Well, she's literally playing a person who's going from infant yeah. to adulthood mm-hmm. in an adult body. And like, like all those ranges. There's so and many like, ways where that could be a disaster. Yeah. Right. So silly and everything. Right. Like, there were some so parts that I didn't, so that didn't meaningful. work for me. Like, oh, really? Well. Like in the movie overall. No, not Emma. Role. I mean, Emma's yeah. amazing. Emma fucking Stone. I mean, <laughs> I saw that. Like, I've never seen her in anything like that before. There were some parts, like, with the sexuality of the character. Like, in the beginning, she has the brain of a 
fetus. And then the lawyer guy comes up and she's like blowing bubbles and then he like molests her and then she goes off with him and she's like jerking mm-hmm. off all day. And she's just learning how to walk and not pee on the floor. I really love that part where she's gotten to the whorehouse learning what works for her and becoming more independent. With the beginning of it, I was like, it was a little iffy for me. area stuff, but the reason that that worked for me is because babies do yeah, kind exactly. of start jerking off really early. Like, that is true. Well, yeah, the lawyer takes her off on the, the yes, trip. Like, right. that part I felt like... I mean, I felt well. He's icky. Like not a it felt icky. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was icky. It was icky. Yeah. I, was icky. Feel a icky. Yeah. I felt a little icky. Yeah. That's all. I feel like you can't take it as a thing that is real to assign like real world values. This isn't something that would really happen. Right. <laughs> like I think you have to take it in the world that it's in. You know, and I think they have some hand waving of it. She's accelerating rapidly, you know, and I yeah. thought that I mean, was I one think... of the interesting things about the movie to me. Like there was a lot of really interesting mm. stuff in that movie. In fact, one of my notes says this should be its own paid and puke episode. <laughs> oh, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's it's really a lot in it. Yes. So are you using her physical age to assess when she's old enough to be sexual or her mental age? Like, is it how old her brain is or her body? And those two things don't match. And it's like supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's but like, also when you think about like why we have those ages, it's yeah. because of men. <laughs> right. We only have age of consent because men will try it as early as possible. Right. I think that's like And it depends on what country I, you're in, too. Yeah. I mean, age of consent yeah, is absolutely. very different around the world well, it's also about like what would your sexuality be if it just developed totally naturally exactly you know? yes. that, like that she has a... like no shame yep. at all like that's what I liked like, that so, part that's what it. I'm saying yeah. it's like beautiful you know like yeah. even when she's talking to Mark Ruffalo about how she let the guy like lick her thighs and she's like what <laughs> you know <laughs> or the first time that she is a prostitute and she's like I had sex with this guy and I got some money and I bought you an eclair yeah and, and now you're gonna tell me this is bad for some reason <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love that part of the film. Right, yeah. That was one of the things that was like, yeah, this is... Yes, just there's a, there's all the like, different experiences. She's like, it was brutal, but in a strangely not unpleasant way. The first time when she's like at the kitchen table and like, oh, wow, this feels amazing. you got to try this, you know? Right. If you were a clean slate and nobody was telling you like what to feel about it, how different would your approach to sexuality be? I mean, I thought that was just gorgeous. And it's absolutely a testament to her performance that it's so believable. Because Mm -hmm. when you write Mm -hmm. it down, it is like a ridiculous Mm -hmm. sort of premise. But the way they did it is so profound. (laughs) Yeah. I was all about the no shame. (laughs) That was kind of like a reason why I wanted to see it. Because I had read about that. Right. Like, I get what you're saying. But I feel like if you put it in our own terms of like, okay, she's mentally the age of a two-year-old that's fucked up i feel like you have to take it on their terms you know because mm-hmm. it's like well this isn't real world this mm-hmm. obviously is not a real thing that could happen yeah so like be with us in it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the first 30 minutes of the movie with all the fisheye lens and the learning to walk black and white like i could have done without all of that i yeah. i wanted just I, like I the I other part that. i don't know i love when she's <laughs> like Bella cut two. Just the dead ones for Bella. 
<laughs> I think like that's one of the signs of effective art, you know, Absolutely. or like what makes art good is it invites conversation mm-hmm. and opinion and you can have different perspectives and experiences with it. It was really the high other, quality art. The other thing I think they kind of glossed over, like the madam says something like sometimes they want you to not want it. And like, mm-hmm. that's really the only time that that was ever brought up in the movie, I felt like. I don't know, when she goes back with the captain, like the husband of the person that she was, I think that's, there are men in mm-hmm. your life who don't care about your feelings or happiness. She's like, fuck that. I mean, he literally tries to cut he off can. the clitoris. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like the like that's, ultimate expression I don't, of, yeah, like, control. I don't, I, he wants her to not want it. Right. right. <laughs> and that's like just another part of the whole story of her growing without shame even though i think in the beginning it seemed like god had a lot of control over her just honestly the fact that she calls him god right. I, like took yeah. a really long time to realize his name was godfrey and then that he's like yeah okay you could go because mm-hmm. like i guess he's not really trying to like constrain her or mm-hmm. control her he's just like go do your thing and then now right. after this whole like growing up sort of that she comes to her own power now she's confronted with a guy that actually does want to control her and she's yeah. like no way. right i had was- totally forgotten about that guy <laughs> from girls. I think that was also part of why God wanted to keep her in was because she was this actual other person. Mm. You know, like the scene where she wants to get an ice cream and they're in the coach and I thought that was that he literally didn't want her to be seen by the outside world because then Mm. it'd be like some trouble. (laughs) What what happened to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting that he's a unique parent because the way he was raised, Mm -hmm. like he was raised with absolutely no love at all, just science. Right. But he has love, but he doesn't even know how to name it because he never received it Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. Bella. So like he's also on a journey of discovery. So that's like parenting in a vacuum also. Like how do you become a parent when you didn't have a parent effectively? Wow, a lot of people live that. That's a reality for a lot of people. I feel like there was a lot in this film that would resonate for people. Like just different experiences. It's really great. great. So I have Emma as my pick. (laughs) I I have Emma as my pick, even though I really think very highly of Lily Gladstone and would be completely thrilled for her if she wants to. I think it's probably neck and neck for them, but my pick is Emma, and I think she's going to end up taking it my pick is lily i really liked her in the movie she really like held that whole movie she was the together. best part 100 yeah, 100%. yeah. Like, and, it was not a virgin at all without her there were so many scenes where she was just able to convey all of this pain there's a scene where she's in the church and the minister is like who do you think is trying to hurt you it's just like a really good scene like where she's conveying so much i mean she's just so effective i just really liked her in the movie i thought she was the best thing about that movie but yeah i mean i loved emma stone too they didn't give lily a lot to say or Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. and she still managed to steal the show right yeah Yeah. that's a testament to her ability to perform and what she could do in a movie that actually served her well yeah my biggest issue with that movie was that it was kind of guilty of the crimes of the movie in a way that we presented these stories the way we wanted to we've lost over a lot of stuff she has one scene with her sisters before they start getting murdered Mm -hmm. like one scene where they're happy i don't know anything about these women let us see them thrive why does there have to be only one person we follow and she represents the whole community like it's supposed to be about them it's not supposed to be about the evil white men but it ended up being about them I mean, the the source material is from the perspective of the FBI agent, so it's like yeah, that I mean, isn't even really like in it. Yeah. It's kind of really yeah, bringing a lot more of that story. That book as well. mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't choose to read a book like that. 
Yeah, she was so good, and I would be very happy if she won, but Emma was my favorite for sure. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I've become, like, such a huge Emma Stone fan this last year between (laughs) between (laughs) Four Things and The Curse. (laughs) She's incredible. Like, she's just such an interesting and dynamic performer. Yeah, she's great. I guess, like, she's in a power position finally to be able to do these things. I'm sure she's Mm -hmm. wanted to do this stuff all along and hasn't been offered anything interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, cool. Best Actress... Done. Do you want to take a break from actors and do director, or should we plow forward on the actors? I don't care either way. I'm happy with the actor category, because I want to talk about Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so strong. I can literally think of five people that could also be in there. There's only one person I would take out. (laughs) I have like a page of notes. I I have so much as notes on this. This is like, for some reason, this crazy category (laughs) this year. Yeah. Okay, so best actor in a supporting role. Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction. Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer. There's that jerk off my head. I refrain from saying boo, but I hate him. Yes. Ryan Gosling, Barbie. And Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. God. So fucking yeah. good. Of all of these, the only one yeah. I didn't see is Oppenheimer, and I hate Robert Downey Jr. Like, I feel his style is very, like, I am one of the great ones. And it came through. Um, it's just like I'm with sure. Bradley Cooper, where you can see what he's trying to do, and you can see the ego, and it's just so unpleasant to watch. Yeah, I, I hate, hate him. <laughs> I did not realize it was Robert Downey Jr. until... Oh, really? Remember earlier when I was saying <laughs> that there was this thing that sort of, yeah. like, took me out of it mm-hmm. at about the hour and 30-minute mark? I did not realize it was Robert Downey Jr. until... There was a scene where they're sort of all sitting around the table and they're talking and it's one of the black and white scenes. They have like a close up on his face and he does this like facial tick. And I was like, oh my God, it's Robert Downey Jr. Because I feel like he does that in every role. And I literally realized it was him. Totally took me out of it. And it was really hard for me to like not see him after that. I see why he got nominated because I think he's sort of playing a deeper role. I don't know. I just think of him as like weird science jerk guy. Wasn't he in that movie? He was weird science or one of those. He's Iron Man. Valley Girl. Like you just like Iron Man, weird science jerk guy. Yeah, he's never serious. He doesn't like play a serious role. You didn't see yeah. Chaplin? Oh, yeah, he's did. taking himself very seriously. I think that's like, the thing. When he's doing comedy, he's taking it super seriously. Right. I feel I like I remember him, him forever. He was in like Less Than Zero and the Pickup Artist and that Two Girls in a Guy mm-hmm. movie that got an X rating because someone went down on a lady. Heaven oh. <laughs> like, I know, right? <laughs> Jesus. I see why he got nominated for it. He's um, going to win it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, he's been winning like everything else, Everybody else, else who's nominated is great and, like, one of the best things in the movies that they're in. Also, I can, like, off the top of my head, four people that I would have loved to see here. Name them. Yeah, I want to know. Paul Mescal, yes, obviously. 100%. Willem Dafoe. Although mm-hmm. I loved Mark Ruffalo even more, but could also see Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Okay, go with me on this. Jacob Elordi, <laughs> but in Priscilla. Oh. Because uh-huh. I loved it. Or Saltburn. But Saltburn, I don't feel like it's his performance. It's just that he's so beautifully shot. Yeah. Yes. You know, that he just has to be super crazy Although hot. he is good when they let him act. Like, there are scenes, like that scene at oh, Oliver's parents' yes. house. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I think, killing that scene. But his know, character you know is what? so vapid that you don't okay. notice how much he's doing. Right. You know yeah. I love Salt yeah. more than anything. But performance-wise, I super loved his performance in Priscilla. That is just mm-hmm. a super chill, like, yeah, I'm Elvis, you know. <laughs> 
But I also, <laughs> go with me here for reals, I would have loved to see Marshawn Lynch in this category. Oh, Bottoms yeah, I'll go with you on that for so sure. Good. What was he in? Bottoms. Bottoms. Oh, I didn't he's see that. He's so funny. He's so, so funny, but again, of so course, it's good. the disrespected it. comedies. Yes. But he was really good. He was fantastic. So good. Right. We've definitely talked at length about that on our Bottoms <laughs> episode. Check it oh out. Oh my gosh. I will have to check that <laughs> out. I love Bottoms. <laughs> but I That's mean, a great jingle. I, <laughs> I feel like Sterling K. Brown was like the best thing in American fiction. Absolutely. And, and Mark Ruffalo was so good in Poor Things. This is like such a great mm. category, and I'm so mm-hmm. annoyed that like the one person I can't stand is probably gonna win it. I recently rewatched Asteroid City, and I was like, Jason Schwartzman, too. He's mm. so good. Really yes. Good. Jamie Bell for All of Us Strangers, I thought. Yeah, all four been. of those. Oh, right. That yeah. movie yes. Outstanding. That movie was just flawless. Like, yes. why is it nowhere in here? That's it's bullshit. really, that I was. I think that is a snub. I would say that's a legit snub. But. Yeah. For me, the big two that were missing. Honestly, what does Willem Dafoe have to do to win a freaking Oscar? Like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> he's people. He's one of the best he's, actors he's out so there. He's so good. So freaking good. He's Personal, one of the best so actors. Everything. He's so amazing. I feel like he gave an amazing performance in Poor Thing, but because he's so amazing all the time, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, that's just him. We're not even going <laughs> to give it a good grade. And he's like ruining his it's own like curve or something. Shemmy is like that. Yeah. Time. We just expect that. What has he been nominated for? Because Honestly, I feel like he should be nominated for everything he's ever been in. Okay, Florida Project was he nominated? He has not won. He was nominated. I know he hasn't won. He should have won for Florida Project. That was a crime. Um, But Sam Rockwell won that year. Oh, I love Sam Rockwell. Oh, but for the billboards. For three billboards. Always the wrong rule. Always. Yes. Yeah. So he was nominated for Platoon in '86. Oh, he's so good in that too. Yep. Shadow (laughs) of the Vampire in 2000. Uh, I really like that movie. The Florida Project in 20. 17 and then at eternity's gate in 2018 that one for best actor so far he has been nominated for an oscar a golden globe a sag a critics choice award tons of (laughs) awards i don't think he wins i can't i have to double check that to see if he won any golden globes or sag awards or anything but yeah i'm just like he's so cool he probably doesn't care but he needs to bring home some trophies (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he does like at least one project a year it's been yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I was really sad not to see him here. People had to pick one. I understand Mark Ruffalo because yeah. he was. I mean, Mark Ruffalo, like great. every line is great, and he's mm-hmm. doing something so that like, we've good. never seen from him. Before. Yes. Oh my. That's yeah. Really cool. And I love like out. he's always been so Marlon Brando esque, and he gets to do the Stella thing. He's so camp. So like, let me just like so very camp. Good. I know. <laughs> when she hits him, and he's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> He was really great. I mean, this category is like fucking killer, I think. Oh, can I say one more thing about Willem Dafoe? Yes. Uh, (laughs) No, you're maxed out. (laughs) Like, reached my quota. Let me sift through my pages of notes. You got Dafoe. I've actually loved him ever since Last Temptation of Christ. I have loved Willem Dafoe. He was amazing. So on January 8th of this year, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I know. I can't believe it took this long. Yeah. You should have had one already. You have to apply and pay for it yourself, you know. Oh, you do? You have to, like, want to do it, Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it like when they send me the email, like, we'd like to list you in the who's who of nonprofit leaders of oh, the, yeah, the thing. <laughs> it's like the same kind of thing like who's who and then something something you're it's like, not something that just gets done dollars <laughs> Well, I was glad to see that for him. And then yeah. the other person, Charles Melton. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Was, he was great. I, I was, I was surprised yeah. that he wasn't there. Mm. I mean, there were so many better movies, I guess. 
I felt like it was a shoe in for that. So, and I wonder if that was when Billy went to the press a little bit. They were like, whoops, let's sweep that one away. Yeah. Maybe. I was expecting I feel it like to get a lot did that kind of late in the game. But I feel like that movie just like wasn't on people's radar as much as you would have thought. Mm -mm. I feel like, I'll have to fact check this, but I feel like the first article came out like within that nomination voting period. So it just didn't get enough brain space and like, time. people just like, I don't want to touch that now. Yeah. <laughs> the big surprise for me was Sterling K. Brown. And I'm so glad because I thought he was the most interesting character in American fiction. And like oh, his hard. arc was <laughs> really the core of the movie for me. I loved him. I thought he should be nominated when I walked out of the theater. I was like, oh my God, I hope he gets nominated. Yeah. Yeah, he but I wasn't expecting so that right. to happen. It's like a super happy surprise. He yeah. seems really fun. I didn't know him at all until he posted SNL because he's like most famous for This Is Us, which is a show mm -hmm. I will never, ever watch. <laughs> in his monologue, he makes fun of the show and kind of like how easy it is to act in the show. And then he like just destroys the rest of the episode. It's like he should be a regular <laughs> cast member. But then I was so happy to see him really bringing it in American fiction too. And I'm like, okay, I hope yeah. he does more things that I want to see because mm -hmm. I really like him. Yeah, <laughs> he I'm was so good that, that then anytime like he wasn't on screen, you missed <laughs> you him. Did. Yeah, like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I don't want to see like the cop and the maid who are the most boringest oh, people yeah. on that, earth. <laughs> yeah. More coke addicted plastic surgeon. Yes. Please. God, so I do feel like Gosling is a wild card. Like he yeah. it's between him and RDJ. I'm sure RDJ is like leading right now, but there is a world in which Gosling gets it. I would, I would love, it love that to happen. I he don't think so he great. Does, he's definitely better than Robert Downey Jr. That's for damn sure. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. He was great in I that movie. And maybe I just don't know his work well, but I've never seen him in a comedy role before. I mean, yeah. I was totally I surprised seeing that. I Stupid Love. He's yeah, really he's really funny. Okay. funny yeah. It was just like a whole yeah. new side of him I've those, never like, seen. I think he's one of such leading man looks. You don't know that he can be really funny. Yeah. He was so funny. He's really funny. <laughs> and then I've seen like so many little clips of like interviews with Greta Gerwig where there's just like a lot of things about that character that were things that he brought or he ad-libbed yeah, that. He's really naturally like a really hilarious person. Right. <laughs> like what he said before the movie came out about why he took the role because his daughter's like he found their Ken doll like buried and he's like his story needs to be told. <laughs> When I left the movie theater after seeing that, I was like, if he does not get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, it will be a total crime. That was so great. He did it. They did not commit that crime. Yes. They committed other crimes. He's my choice. I don't know my choice. I wrote Mark Ruffalo, but I would be happy with Sterling K or Ryan Gosling. Me too. Yeah, that's like my order too. Robert De Niro, I know he's a good actor, but he completely underwhelmed me in Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't even know how to judge him because I love him and I've just loved him forever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yes, you were Robert De Niro and you were great. I love you. No notes. It's like a little Willem Dafoe, like, you know? It's like, you're so great in everything. I don't know how to judge when you're great. He was right. like, so, you're always like, great. Keep being Robert De Niro. It's <laughs> yes. like, I can't not be Robert I thought he was like the most evil character I've seen him play. Mm. Oh, he always plays like, really he's evil just, people. But this not guy always. Was, okay, not always, but often. Frequently. Don't erase Midnight Run. And You're right. King I of comedy. Can, I and don't get me started on a Robert De Niro thing. Okay, I will. We definitely all stand when I write. All right. Best supporting actress. Best actress in a supporting role. That's how I say it. Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer. Jerk off motion. <laughs> <laughs> the jerk off motion for me there is like just what they gave her, which was nothing. I didn't <laughs> see it, but I don't care for Emily Blunt. Okay. Mm. That's fair. 
Uh, Daniel Brooks, The Color Purple. America Ferreira, Barbie. Jodie Foster, Nyad. Devine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. Divine? Is it fine? I would have I said Divine. I forgot. I'll look it up and I'll have it both days. Mm. <laughs> Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. Well, she's mm. my pick. She's my yeah, she's been wish the front runner all season yeah. prediction. Yeah. yeah, my pick and my prediction, I and I feel like if there's like a relative unknown like that pulled it off. Yeah, I would definitely prefer that to Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be America Forever though. Oh really? Really? I feel like this, she's the long the shot. The Holdovers one has a lock on it. Oh, okay. that's what I keep hearing. Before the nominations, when I was like creating my little list of what to watch and it was based on who got the most mentions from like Variety and the LA Times and Entertainment Weekly and Gold Derby. All of those four had her picked as oh, like yeah. the winner. Yeah, she's so, always been the front runner. Yeah. Okay. I don't foresee any surprises there. Okay. She's my pick and I think she'll win. The snubs here, I don't think this is really a snub, but I will say Vanessa Kirby was the only good thing about Napoleon. Mm. I only watched like an hour and something of that <laughs> I don't even know how I watch watched that, that but I really like her in general. She's very she was the only good thing in the movie, <laughs> yeah. so it's not really a snub. I was surprised to see America nominated. Everyone I probably loved that monologue. Yes, I've heard people say like <laughs> she's nominated for the monologue. Really, yeah, I mean, basically, that's what I feel. It's totally an Oscar. Mm-hmm. It's not my yeah. favorite Oscar monologue. First of all, for best actress, I think they like to nominate an actress who's like great in an otherwise not great film. But for best supporting actress, often it's like an actress who had like one scene that was really dramatic and pivotal, yeah, like more than scene. somebody who was good the whole time. Like, so like Julianne Moore wouldn't have been surprising from May, December. I feel like she's the lead in that. Yeah, I thought there was, yeah. maybe that's part of it is like, they were definitely co-leads. Yeah. So they didn't know what to do. And then yeah. I've heard like Penelope Cruz for Ferrari, which I didn't yeah, see. I saw that too. But some people yeah, thought, people said she was yeah. amazing in it. I mean, I feel mm. like the one that's missing is Rosamund Pike from Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've heard Alison Oliver, oh. like supporting, like we were talking about the kills mm-hmm. one scene, that bathtub monologue is like so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, mm-hmm. but I feel like Rosamund is so good. Like she's so funny. Yeah. She's so memorable. And then her last scene, her last scene where she's alive, I just feel like she yeah. nails the nuance where mm-hmm. you know oh my god she's like that scene i could just watch over and over i've already watched all for like which know, scene the scene when it's modern day and she runs into him in the coffee oh, yeah. shop mm-hmm. she's talking about how her husband just died and they're yeah. obviously referencing that he died by suicide mm. and she goes, in a way i was surprised he waited so long but it was a terrible shock and she says mm-hmm. oh you grew up and then she's like oh of course you grew up because her kids didn't yeah. you know mm-hmm. and everything she says in that scene what's the other thing when she asks have you been happy and he says not really have you and no not really i mean she just she's so like chic and posh but also emotional like she mm-hmm. conveys so much emotion in that scene yeah i'm so mad at oliver like they could have just lived happily together <laughs> they could have had yeah. a great time being like you know she wouldn't have minded if he wanted to like dance around yes. naked for once in a while yes mm-hmm. it, just, it just would be like she'd just be on patsy stone <laughs> having a little twink in the house it would be so like good. what a Amazing. life they could have lived together that's i want to see that like like alternate universe. I know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Saltburn revisited. Yeah. I absolutely would not argue that if it had happened. But I, of course it didn't. I definitely, yeah. Claire Foy was my biggest miss, oh, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she made me fucking sob <laughs> in All of Us Strangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that movie made me sob, but her especially, like, how can you sell being the mother of someone who's older than you in the scene? Mm-hmm. 
and it just works so well. It she, does. Oh, mm. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. I'm like legit mad. I feel like that is a snub. I really honestly mm-hmm. think All the Strangers yeah, I is guess. a snub because I think it was too accurately gay. I think that they didn't like that. Yeah, that's a big overall snub is that movie not getting any recognition because it was perfect. Yeah. So like Jodie Foster is one that I maybe could live without on this list. Same criticism. We first of all, like I never stopped seeing Jodie Foster. Yeah. Maybe that's just the problem with being that famous and that well known. But again, like playing an actual person, like boring. Yeah. Hollywood mm-hmm. royalty. Yeah, I just. I don't love Jodie Foster in general. I could see why she got nominated, and I like more expected her to get nominated and not Annette Benning. Maybe because I was reading the articles about mm-hmm. it. If it were up to me, I would probably have picked Annette Benning to be nominated before Jodie Foster. And I didn't see Color Purple, so I can't speak to Danielle Brooks. I watched about half of it, and she was absolutely the best part. It's, okay. <laughs> it's like hard to make a musical boring, but somehow they kind of did. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I thought Once was really boring. Oh, God, I hate that movie. Yeah. I don't mm, even like the music in that movie. I, well, that, I know. Well, I'm just saying that's a boring musical. Yes, 100%. And, like, Emily Blunt's character in Oppenheimer feels completely interchangeable to me with Carrie Mulligan's character in Maestro. Well, they that's were like, like the long suffering so wife. problem. I mean, my biggest problem with Oppenheimer, I thought that it was just such a boys' club movie, and like the women were barely there. And you all know how much I love Florence Pugh, and I was like absolutely furious about how she was just like a sex object in the movie. And like the most interesting thing about her is that that in real life. It's widely thought that she was murdered by the FBI. Oh, wow. Probably. Or the CIA. I think whichever one does more of the murders. And, uh, <laughs> and like, it's a literally a blink and you miss it thing where they're like, oh, she died by suicide in a bathtub, but there's, like, one shot. Apparently, I didn't even see it. I looked it up later where there's, like, a hand on the back of her head. But, like, oh. why won't we fucking explore that? That's really interesting. Right. Instead of, oh, it was just someone he was fucking and then he wasn't allowed to fuck her anymore. And then she died. Makes me so mad. Yeah, I recently watched The Prestige, and I was like, wow, Scarlett Johansson had nothing to do with this. You know, just scenery. He doesn't give a lot of substance to the female actors. Not good with the ladies. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) All right, best directing: Justine Triette, Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. Christopher Nolan, jerk off motion, Oppenheimer, <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things, Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. This is a pretty banger category. Yeah. I think there were so many misses. I do have the most misses. Obviously, Greta Gerwig, and also Alexander Payne for Holdovers, mm. but for me... It's kind of surprising he's not there. Yeah. The real crime is not to see Celine Song here for yeah, past right, lives. That's yeah. a crime. Well, and I also think Andrew Haig, again, Andrew directed Haig, all yeah. of the strangers. Andrew Haig should 100% be there. Get Nolan out of there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, get Scorsese out of there. He's not a bad director, movie maker, but, like, that's not his best movie. Put something else in there. I really liked that movie. Comparing Oppenheimer at three hours and Killers of the Flower Moon three hours and 26 minutes. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon kept my attention the entire time. There was mm-hmm. no point in that movie where my attention flagged. Yeah. But there were times during Oppenheimer where the momentum wasn't right and my attention flagged. And it was shorter mm-hmm. even. And when the movie was done, you were like, that was three hours and 26 minutes? Wow. Mm-hmm. 
for me, when I it mean, started, I felt it was three hours and twenty. Yes, minutes, you know. I felt like they did a lot of review, which I always hate. When you find out that they did all the murders, and then they show you the murders with them doing it, it's like the same scene from a different perspective. I'm like, I don't need that. We don't need it. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and imagine what that would look like now that we know that they did all the murders. I mean, I love Martin Scorsese, and mm. I thought this movie was really good, but I don't feel like what made this movie good was the director. It's a big acting showcase. It's a good story. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of neutral on him being there. I think he's great. There were a lot of things that could have been on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have an all ladies. You could have Celine Song really and could. Emerald Fennel <laughs> and Greta yeah. Gerwig. Yeah. You know? Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ones nominated for me, it's Poor Things, but yeah. Zone of Interest is also really high for me, too, of these five. I, I think that it. Zone of Interest is absolutely deserving. Glazer is mm-hmm. deserving of it. I think Justine Triette would be deserving of it. And I mean, oh, Paul was like yeah. a really interesting courtroom drama. I usually don't care for those, but that one really worked. <laughs> yeah. But like Lanthimos, yeah. Yorgos is. I think he might be one of my favorite directors now. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He's made enough movies where I liked almost all of them. Dogtooth, not so much. I though. might even rewatch The Lobster, though I did hate The Lobster. I haven't I seen know. The Lobster, and I, mean, I need I to go back it, and watch but, it. But, but now I've loved so much Elsa Stone that I'm like, yeah. should I revisit? Well, the Favorite <laughs> was my favorite I film of that, that year. Yeah. And I still think about that movie all the time. I feel like that was the first Emma Stone... Like, that's why she keeps mm-hmm. working with Yorgos. Like, that was the first time really she really got to experiment and mm-hmm. go beyond what other directors have allowed her to do. So, yeah, the favorite was definitely a monumental film. <laughs> but, yeah, so I hope it's him, but it's going to be Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought Zone of Interest was so... The way that it shows how desensitized people mm-hmm. are to, like, atrocity and... Any other movie about World War II and the Holocaust that I've seen has been, like, very direct scenes of what is happening mm-hmm. to... Mm-hmm. Jewish people, but it's like there's just constant gunshots and like yeah, the and there's no screaming and, yeah, and people being terrorized and, see, like, the smoke all and the it's all like in the background yeah. and mm-hmm. then like the kids are playing with like teeth and like mm-hmm. just and they're like looting the it, bodies it and they're was, like oh I have a fur coat now it was so <laughs> chilling yeah. for something that didn't directly show what they did I mean think of what it showed what the, you've never seen before is yeah. like how people involved could live with themselves you've never right. seen that before you've always seen the good guys fighting them and it's like oh the evil Nazis and yes they are evil this movie is not saying they're not evil but they're <laughs> saying like this is how they were able to like sleep at night and get through their day is like they had these justifications and these rewards that they were given and like the way that that guy talks about work you know it's just like oh i hope i get that promotion like the part in the end where he's like retching on the stairs like it's obviously his body can't deal with what he's doing (laughs) but he he's still going in that direction he's carrying it on even (laughs) though yeah and then the girl in the negative exposure, like at night, she's like getting food for people yeah. in the camp to leave it for them. Just how that was interspersed. Was I thought really it was well a really well done movie. Well done movie. Mm-hmm. So that was that's kind of like what I hope would if Christopher Nolan doesn't win. But yeah, this is another one. I'm like, I would be fine with anybody other than the one who's never right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> same. You guys make me want to see that movie. I it's had kind really of really good. Been... I mean, it, it's not fun, but it is. Yeah, just I just don't know so if I can do it. Well done. But I'm like, this is the way that 
these stories should be told because it's mm-hmm. it's like too easy to give everyone a pass when you like dehumanize them. Not that they're like they right. are monsters, but they're also humans. And right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that allows you to, to see right. the world. And like that what's like, happening in the United what, States today. This is, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of evil that human beings are capable of. Like they very right. much are capable yeah. of it. Like it reminds me of. There's a scene. Sorry, in a Woody Allen movie. But as a filmmaker, <laughs> there's a scene in a Woody Allen movie where a guy. It's Max von Sydow, and he's talking about like. He was watching a documentary about the Holocaust, and he said, these things always ask the questions like, how could this have happened? And they can't answer it because that's the wrong question. And the question is, why doesn't it happen more often? Because that's how evil people are, you know? Yeah. Like, like that's kind of like the vibe that I have from this movie is like, this happened because a lot of people are truly bad people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'll break down eventually because it's already bugging me that I have certain categories i've seen every movie but yeah. that mm-hmm. one and it's nominated in so many categories that this little empty square is haunting I mean, my I nightmares it. it's like the snakes i always think of this the metaphor of like in Wee's big adventure when he goes to rescue all the pets and he like keeps going by so the much. snake's tank he's like i know i have to rescue them eventually but i'm not this gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> surprised to see Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah, um, I feel like she's there. It's like, well, we have to give a woman some. I mean, but no, not Greta Gerwig right. or Celine or Song. Yeah. Song. Or even you Emerald Fennel, you know. Come on. It's like, okay, we have a woman there. Is that what you want? Like, two women? <laughs> Come on, ladies. <laughs> Quit complaining. We yeah. nominated like, a woman. I don't, don't want to take away from her. You know, like, that yeah. movie is. I it's good. Directed, I, it's yeah. a good movie. There were better yeah. movies directed by women. I think also because I was tracking the odds. So it's like, if you look at how folks were ranked with their odds, she was like seventh. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even fifth well, or sixth. There so was they like skipped. a write-in option. <laughs> well, it's just like she she beat she the odds, you know? Oh, okay, so like okay. Gerwig was fourth was in the odds and Alexander Payne was sixth. Anyway, she she like kind of beat the odds. I think that's yeah. what surprised me. I felt like I didn't know enough about the justice system there to like really yeah. understand. I'm like, where's the jury? I've just watched too many like American legal procedurals. I mean, the I American fe- justice system doesn't really work like American legal procedurals either. <laughs> yeah. And in TV, they like really make it dramatic because like real life court proceedings are pretty boring Mm -hmm. yeah and then i felt like the lawyers on both sides were being really forceful with the child and i didn't really Mm -hmm. understand like maybe that's like cultural difference that i'm just not getting i don't think so i think lawyers are often terrible with children (laughs) like in every country it definitely made the lawyers look pretty but i think sometimes like judges are protective of that though right and i was kind of surprised the level of maturity that kid had Mm -hmm. and to do like the extra testimony i felt like everything that he had gone through it was just like that's cool he did that but to me it felt like not believable or something that was just a lot of that child (laughs) they asked a lot of them and they put him in like some really traumatizing situations and for him to like come out in the end like basically he exonerated i mean sorry i don't want to well everybody saw saw it it. spoiler filled free for all right (laughs) but yeah. yeah basically he was asked to choose between his parents in a way yeah and he's like i kind of don't even really know but <laughs> it's rough 
super rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it... driven to do that experiment on his dog that is, like, oh my gosh, that was right. horrible. Mm-hmm. I could that not like, I, that. If I don't do this, my mom will go to jail for life. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> it was really intense. But I really liked some of the things it brought up. There was a really good conversation that he had with his guardian or whatever that he mm-hmm. spent the weekend with. And she was saying, like, sometimes you have to decide or make up your mind about what happened. She I really liked so that well. part. I thought that was such a, I don't know. Like life advice? Yeah, like yeah, life it was advice. Just like life advice. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to decide so you won't go crazy. Basically. Sometimes you don't know the full story and you yeah. just have to make a decision based on what you know. Right. Yeah. Because you couldn't ever know is the thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> he had to decide because he was the decider. Like he'd mm-hmm. been given this How impossible crazy. task. Ugh. What a crazy <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. And yeah, I also, we like... we talked about it, I'm like... I'm, I know, I'm, I'm like, kind of yeah. blue for it, but... Well, but, I mean, Yorga's number one, but maybe Justine number two. Blazer. Everyone but Nolan. Yeah, I know, everyone but Nolan. But that is who's going to win. I think I it's, like, kind of a lock. I'll be so line. surprised <laughs> if it doesn't yes. win. Well, let's talk about best picture. Best picture. Okay, just a long list, as we all know. <laughs> best picture. I'm not going to read the producers. They know who they are. Yeah. Best picture. American Fiction. Anatomy of a Fall. Barbie. The Holdovers. Killers of the Flower Moon. Maestro. Oppenheimer. Past Lives. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Poor Things. The Zone of Interest. Missing from this list is 100% all the strangers. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing here that surprises me in that this is like the exact top 10 that the odds were saying. Oh, it was okay. like, there's nothing surprising here. I was a little here. surprised at American Fiction because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that had so much buzz around it. I mean, it's fine. If it weren't here, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's yeah, not there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think there would be a lot yeah. of like, oh, I can't believe American Fiction wasn't. If all of us strangers were there instead of American Fiction. Right. I mean, like, I also think mm-hmm. it's a diversity pick and they went with the black family instead of the gays. Mm. They chose... So jaded, but also based on reality. I mean, this is another one where Barbie being this kind of cultural phenomenon, and I don't think it has a chance to win this category, but I'm happy to see that it got nominated here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I would have been mad if it wasn't. I mean, that would have been too egregiously obvious. Like, okay, you guys, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? Did you not like all the money that Greta got Right, you? I know, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the part that when everyone's like so upset that she didn't get nominated for Best Actress, it's like, she's crying all the way to the bank, you guys. Like, yeah. she's the executive producer of this film no matter what it wins she won already also i was thinking probably the only thing you want more than money when you're a professional actor is to have the blank check to do what you want to do right and like be able to be doing what motivates you creatively and she also has that too so Mm -hmm. well that comes with the money like i don't think you get that without the money yeah right well like the box office she's like let's make a movie about this doll and i'm gonna hire greta gerwig to do that and she made smart choices is where that's concerned. Okay. The reason why Mattel optioned it to be a movie is to sell more dolls. Yeah. And like, it could have gone so horribly <laughs> in other people's hands. And Barbie's in this fantasy world and just finding the in-between of like yeah. reality. I mean, it's a movie about a toy. That's what it is. But it's <laughs> it also about society. Yeah. yeah it, yeah. Yeah, and the existential crisis of it all. Mm-hmm. And Ken had like his own identity discovery. <laughs> The whole thing was just so smart. 
And yeah. I didn't realize that her production company was also the one behind Promising Young Woman, oh. I think. Oh, oh yeah. Lucky yeah. Yeah. So and Lucky Chap was also Promising Young Woman. And mm. then also Saltburn. Emerald Fennel yeah. was Midge. Yeah. They're yeah. friends. Do what you want, yeah. Margot Robbie, because I'm here for whatever it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I like what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that was I such a good yes. choice. Like yeah. Get Greta Gerwig. <laughs> of the ten, I would say that five of them are centered around women and women's stories and okay. i feel like that is exciting that is me. exciting because i would count killers of the flower moon i think mm-hmm. that it revolves around even the zone of interest, yeah, zone I know of interest. and i haven't yeah, seen that so that makes yeah. six yeah. sandra Hewler is in that and she's fucking amazing in that she's so chilling so i think that's pretty pretty cool yeah i know we've talked about some of these films like in other categories but can we talk about past lives for a minute yes. Yes. Like, yeah so good that movie was so good and i'm like so mad that it didn't get nominated for more things because again like a story that centers on a woman's experience and i felt like she was a complicated person with like mm-hmm. internal life and like and it wasn't your sort of cliche hollywood movie where she's like yeah. my childhood boyfriend is coming and now i'm gonna leave my husband and like you know yeah i, I mean I like how her husband calls it out as like yeah. if this were a right. cheesy movie yeah I'd be the villain but it's not it's real life and so it's complicated because it's like mm-hmm. two people i mean it's like it answers the question like can you love two people at once right it's really lovely i think like the themes too about like being an immigrant and the juxtaposition between her friend who continued to grow up in korea and then her growing up here and how they look at things differently because of that her story as an immigrant was really interesting to me as well as the sort of romantic story. Yeah, and, and how, it, like, it wasn't her choice. Like, yeah. the, the things that parents decide for you change your whole trajectory. Yeah. And you don't have a choice in that. I was happy to see that story. I related to some aspects of it a little bit, and yeah, I, other yeah. aspects I was like, never thought of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just really was moving, engaging, stimulating, not pushy. I'd mm-hmm. say like, you know, you've got Oppenheimer, where they're like, we want you to feel <laughs> a certain way about mm-hmm. this thing that's happening. And like, that movie didn't do that. It treated the audience like intelligent people, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just, and then I found out that it's semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. for the director, makes it even more powerful wow, to me. Yeah. It was one of my favorite films of the year, and I was really yeah. sad not to see director and best actress nominations for that. Absolutely. So I'm glad that it got some love here under best picture, even yeah. though it has like no chance of winning. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it really was one of the best pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I watched yeah. it yeah. at your house. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying so hard not to break down crying. Yeah. I'm like, if I was alone, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like the it was... best kind of sad to me, you know? Yeah. Beautiful sad, like. Poignant. Yeah. For me, very relatable, like the specific emotion of being with the person you love, but there's also someone else that you loved once. And you don't want to be with them, but you love, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that doesn't mean that you stopped loving that person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. Love. yeah. But that love I just, wasn't real love. Right. That's really like a very yeah. specific concept that I really like. You still hold people mm-hmm. in, your, yeah. in your heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And that is so underrepresented on yeah. the screen. It's always like, this was the better choice. Or, There's such an obvious winner and loser mm-hmm. in almost every romantic story you see. Right. Or like that she loves her husband and that's the one she wants to be with, but the 
doesn't mean that her feelings about the other person changed or went away, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just mm-hmm. sort of really beautiful, I think. Yeah, her relationship with both people evolved as she evolved. It's actually reminding me of what you were just saying about anatomy of a fall. It's like, sometimes you just have to decide. Right. Well, you know? it's, it's, it's like, like you, make not... a cho- you make choices. Yeah. I kind of saw it as like, she wasn't like choosing, but you have to close one door eventually, you know, mm-hmm. to fully... Right. enjoy your life <laughs> like have this relationship that you can't be divided or something like that I feel yeah. like right one way I think about like past relationships where I feel like it's not like something didn't work out but it's like when you fly somewhere get on the plane you go up in the air you have your time and then you land and then you get off the plane and it's like that didn't not work out it took you where you were going mm. right that's a great perspective mm-hmm. yeah like, think about that a lot tonight when i go home hmm, took you where you were going yeah really nice well anyway i'm happy to see it nominated and i wish it got nominated for more things yeah. it yeah. should have we been. did mention the directing but i feel like that was a really egregious omission because that was a movie where i really noticed the filmmaking in a really good way yeah where i was just yeah. like in awe of so many mm-hmm. shots and they're really interesting shots. All the shots are really far away, like that one where they're walking. Oh, and yeah. It's like really far away and kind of up high, but you can hear them perfectly like they're right there. A best directing is like if you have iconic shots from the movie. You're like, mm-hmm. I always think about this shot or this shot or the way the camera moved here or there. Mm-hmm. And I know that's also a lot of the cinematographer, but like the director is the one saying, let's do that. You know? And I think the kind of performance that you get out of people yeah. um, is a lot on the director. Definitely. I was just going to really wanted to ask a minute ago, like, what do you think makes a good director? Like, what do you look at when you're trying to decide when is it the acting? When is it the script? When is it the director? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this in the context of cinematography because I was like, what makes it good cinematography? Like, I don't know what the rules are, you know, or if there's like a standard. I know whether I liked it or not. Right. right. <laughs> so I was kind of wondering about what the director's responsibilities are. I think we are going to talk about that category. So. I really liked the scene where they're all at the restaurant, like at the bar, yeah. and like the husband's mm. on one side yeah. and he doesn't speak Korean and they're having this seemingly like profound conversation and he's just patiently waiting. Yeah. Um, and they're not being rude. It's that right, the yeah. other guy doesn't speak English that well. It's like he's on the outside and he understands why he has to be there, but it's still hard. Yeah. And then like she's scene. in the middle yeah. and you can tell that she's really conscious of all of that as well. Like they're all really conscious of it, mm-hmm. but it's also like kind of how it has to be. Yeah, like yeah. sort of like <laughs> processing his whole visit. And I thought the husband character was very understanding and like yeah. wanted her to like, you know, finish whatever was happening. And yeah, you want to be the one to say like you can't right. see him or you can't do this. And obviously he hoped that she wouldn't come back to him, but right. he also I think understood that it was a risk to let her do that. You know, it's the mm-hmm. whole love someone set them free. <laughs> right. Like that's a cliche, but kind of true. But it is true. Yeah, Amy had it right. You guys should do a paid and puke podcast yes. episode on that one. Oh yeah, I would love to do that one. It's a good one. Next call. So, we each chose a category to tack on here. Who wants to give it first? I'll go first because I didn't do like a lot for mine. (laughs) I picked cinematography, so you know I am a salt burner for life. (laughs) We are going to start a festival called Salt Burn. Salt Burning Man. Salt Burning Man. Salt Salt Burning Man. man. (laughs) Nice. Actually, Logan and I decided that April 24th can be Salt Burn Day because there's like no specific dates in Mm -hmm. Salt Burn except we paused and zoomed in on the 
the newspaper when he sees uh, James's obituary. It was April 24th. Oh, okay. It's all nice. brand new, maybe. That's a good time for <laughs> um, a festival. And I feel like the thing with Saltburn, like, totally understand if someone is like, that was not my thing. I did not dig it or whatever. But I feel like one thing you can't take away is the cinematography, is the look is just fucking gorgeous. Like, you know, even like one of the top letterbox reviews, a negative one is like, I hope the cinematographer's back is okay from carrying this movie. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, every frame in this movie could be on somebody's wall. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every single frame. It's so beautiful. But so also, beautiful. I do think that that is Emerald's direction too because she had a different cinematographer for Promising Young Woman and you can see mm-hmm. some of her kind of becoming a trademark because she's got two movies. She really likes like a centered, almost symmetrical frame. She mm-hmm. does that all the time yeah. and there's yeah. so much of that in Saltburn. And that's gotta be her to say and do this. And she also really likes to sort of mimic classic paintings and yeah. scenes. And mm-hmm. I always find out about it after the fact because I'm not really all that up on classic paintings. But there's always like somebody that are like, oh yeah, the way the light is and the way <laughs> this person's laying and everything yeah. is like, mm-hmm. there's so much thought. So much thought going into every yeah. single detail. But I'm calling it a true snub for cinematography Saltburn. Because here's some other credits that line Sandgren did American Hustle, La La Land, <laughs> Don't Look Up, and Babylon. Fucking Oscar darlings, left and right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think they were just like Ember mm, Plano. Right. <laughs> Saltburn just wasn't one of their movies. This yeah. Year, you know. <laughs> but also, like, they really made me think about the Oscars and how relevant are they really? Because you know, I definitely feel like Saltburn is the kind of movie people are still gonna watch years from now. You mm-hmm. know. Is anyone ever going to watch Maestro again after this year? You know, and you look at, like, things that were the big Oscar movies over the years that, like, nobody ever Mm -hmm. thought about again. Even ones that are totally good, like... Who's watching Spotlight ever again? You know, like, that movie was fine, but it's mm-hmm. it's like a whole different category. What are I'd the watch Oscar poor things movies? over and over again. Oh, yes, and poor over. things yeah. is going to be one that people ten years from mm-hmm. now will watch. Poor things, you know. Yeah. Did anyone here watch El Conde? I watched part of it. I didn't care for it. It was so bizarre. I thought it was like kind of boring, and I was not feeling it at all. It was very weird. And I definitely thought the cinematography was completely unremarkable. <laughs> it's hard sometimes when a movie's in black and white. It automatically... It's on you to make it look good if it's in black right. and white. You know? And on the cinematography yeah. in particular. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he failed. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they make a film in black and white because then it looks more like Serious, none of this. Kind of right. Of when I think cinematography, I think The Lighthouse. Oh, that was that, yes. fucking amazing. That like it was so <laughs> yes. amazing. Yeah. That's another one where every frame could be. And yeah. Willem Dafoe was nuts. Oh, <laughs> yes. Willem Dafoe. That movie. Yeah, that one. I just, the whole thing was. That's a movie that people will always watch. Yeah. yeah. But what's interesting too about El Conde, I thought, because I looked up who's the cinematographer if this is nominated and I don't think it looks good mm-hmm. but the other movies he did carol <laughs> far from heaven mildred oh. pierce and oh here's some fun oh, seeking Susan. oh my god wow i'm not done oh. true stories the oh. limey which oh, I fucking wow. love, I and it looks amazing. And The Virgin Suicides. Oh my wow. goodness. So I know wow. you guys are capable of great things, but yeah. that ain't it. <laughs> wow. So that must have been huh. like just what the director wanted, because he's capable of greatness. I guess, yeah. yeah. Of what's nominated, I hope Poor Things wins. Yeah, because totally. Poor Absolutely. Things is, has a great, great look. 
I mean, Oppenheimer is going to sweep everything it's in. Mm-hmm. Grumble, grumble. Like, the cinematography was not good on Oppenheimer. I thought it was mm. not interesting. I didn't like it. I thought it was trying too hard, and it was annoying. I was, like, so annoyed by so many shots in that movie. <laughs> I would like, say that sound is something that I think Oppenheimer would probably win. I mm-hmm. saw it in IMAX, and that movie was so fucking noisy. <laughs> and, like, people talking, and I'm like, I can't... Under- thinking back... They didn't really know what was going to happen. It was like very disorienting in those scenes, I felt like. Mm. Maybe that was effective. Mm. But yeah, they just didn't know if it was going to go off or what was was happening. When's this going to go off? So Jessica, cinematography is like your jam. I mean, I... You know what good cinematography looks like? feel like I do. Because okay. <laughs> I don't know. What's, I mean, I definitely what know when I see a movie and notice the shots and I'm in all of them. Yeah. And like when I think, oh, I would never have thought to shoot that scene that way. But because they did, it changed the scene or it made the scene so mm-hmm. impactful. Like It's so fucking important. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I think the three biggest heroes of a movie are the actors, the director, and the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And then the editor is fourth. You sing all of those above like the writer? Oh, I guess I'm just talking about oh, it in like terms of like how it, the screen. Okay, yeah, 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 I gotcha. Yeah. How it comes off. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I totally mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. My notes say, what the fuck even was El Conde? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It was I, so weird. Like, I just don't even understand why it's there. It was a very... like, a was, legacy nom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was some interesting stuff about it. That it was a satire was kind of interesting. And I yeah. also wonder how much is lost by having it be translated. Like, sometimes with satire, yeah. it's just, like, so subtle. I mean, so maybe subtle. it was funnier than it was mm. coming off in translation. That would have held my attention more. There were a lot of really cool shots of him like flying over Patagonia, you know? I I noticed those and I was like, okay, but they didn't really get me. I was like, I've seen Mm -hmm. better flying shots. I don't know. Well, it's a little bit, can you take a bad shot of someone flying over Patagonia? You know, it's it's Patagonia. It's it's picturesque. It's stark. Mm -hmm. It's bleak. It's picturesque, you know? Maybe you didn't have to work that hard to make that shot I mean, when I thought about it, I was like, it's a drone flying over Patagonia. that's kind of an easy mm-hmm. get, right? And then obviously he was in a green screen situation. Like when it's so easy for me to figure out how they did it, that it's not impressive to me. When I'm, I'm like, oh, so much went into this looking that good, that's when I'm impressed. I am learning a lot and I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel educated. <laughs> I am voting for poor things if it yes. worked to me. Oh, just yeah. because I, but it's going to be Oppenheimer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about cinematography? No, I just wanted to say Saltburn. You can say Saltburn anytime. Oh my god. Saltburn! I'm just like in the middle. Saltburn! It is my thing that I've talked in my sleep and it's so embarrassing and dumb. And Matt has told me there was a night I just woke up and I was like, (laughs) Saltburn! Your commitment is deep in your subconscious. That's really funny. Well, the next on my page is costume design. Was that? Oh, yeah, that's my. So, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Four Things, and I think that's it. That's it. So. My pick and what I think is going to win is Poor Things. I thought the costuming was amazing. 
it wasn't nailed down to a particular period. It was sort of like Victorian, mm-hmm. but not. She wasn't wearing any corsets. No, that was like wore, on. Yeah. That was on purpose. She would have never done that. You know, yeah. she would have like torn it off. I just love all of the big sleeves mm-hmm. and a lot of I don't know, just really gorgeous clothes. And some yeah. of it was almost yeah. like a child. She was wearing like a petticoat with no pants and like culottes or like yeah. underwear basically. And then the dancing scene, she was sort of wearing like a see-through skirt. It was kind yeah. of like somebody that isn't whatever the society She's never high society the dress and right the society wants to put things together there's so much that like i could tell she was informed by her child she right was, like, she had a toddler when she was making the movie right and, yeah like, so i mean i remember when both my children when they were younger wanted to start dressing themselves and i'm like why not like just wear whatever you want yeah and I, I loved the combinations they came up right. with it was amazing yeah when yeah. you don't have like rules that people tell you oh my god yeah i remember my younger sister was very i've heard the term is power clashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my sister was the queen of like, I'm gonna wear this crazy shirt with another crazy prince. <laughs> Some of the clothing, it, it was almost like female genitalia would have these like open, open slit in the front and right. then pillowy ruffles on the yeah. outside. There was like a shirt that they called the vagina blouse. Um, <laughs> they just had tops that mimicked an orifice basically. And then she used all these different materials like plastics and latex and some of the clothing and not exactly like stuff from the Victorian times. And then the wedding dress was almost like a cage, like the structural like piping around the sleeves it was all like very light and airy my favorite Mm -hmm. one was looked like a bolero or something but it was like peach colored and it was like Mm -hmm. ruffled i loved that so much i mean i i will be shocked if it doesn't win yeah i mean oppenheimer just seems like seen those clothes 40s got it i feel like they might go barbie it didn't blow me away right i feel like they might they might want to throw a bone to barbie that's what i i feel like it's gonna go barbie Mm -hmm. i actually put barbie as my pick and who will win but now you've convinced me i should pick poor things (laughs) Uh This is another one where I feel like I could have seen Saltburn in there because the clothes in that movie are gorgeous. When you think about a scene and you know what they're wearing and you remember mm -hmm. what they're wearing in every scene, like that's that's good costume design. Especially, I mean, like, I already said this off pod, but like, how to dress women who are wearing black tie every night. It's almost like casual black tie, Yeah, like Mm. especially like Pamela, the first time you see her at black tie Mm -hmm. dinner, she has her goofy tattoos and like (laughs) her clothes. Pamela's clothes are amazing. You'd think she'd be a riot to look at her. She's so stylish, you'd think she'd be a riot to look at her. One of my favorite line deliveries is the way Felix says, it's It's like black tie. Black tie. Just reading that article, it was just so interesting to me. Emerald Funnel's like in England, the more wealthy old money you are, the more disarray your clothes are. And then like looking back on the movie, I don't know, just those awful rugby shirts mm-hmm. he's wearing. He, he doesn't have to try. He doesn't. Yeah. He looks gorgeous in that mm-hmm. ribbed tank top with just wings. Mm-hmm. But, but that's like look. the easiest thing. Right. Venetia's dress at that party is like, 
Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. the spider like, web. Spider web. Yeah, and I really love her billowy nightgown as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also just so... the way like the first time you see Oliver, he has like so many clothes on. He has like a jacket and a vest and a hat. And, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's like, a part of the thing. Fly. It's like how he goes from so many clothes, he has less and less clothing on. Oh, as, you know, nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all. Yeah. Even like when he's first at Saltburn and the maid wakes him up in the morning and he's sleeping in like pajamas and then the next time you see him asleep he's sleeping in like almost nothing yeah and then or yeah sleeping in takes everything <laughs> yeah like yeah, Felix's boxers maybe oh my god uh, yes the clothes are a lot in that movie and they yeah. thought about them so much like I've yeah. read numerous articles about how much thought was put into everything Mm-hmm. I ain't read shit about Napoleon. <laughs> I know. I didn't see the movie, but of course, like, Looking all, like, Napoleon. the opulence of the emperor, like, like whatever. They whatever. Can look at pictures and be yeah. like, that one, that one, right. that one. Yeah, but there's no... Have to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> you're just replicating yeah. something. You're not reimagining it. You're not thinking about how the clothes inform mm. the character, which is right. like what costume design Always check about. the sleeves. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Like, the movies, that's, like... The subtext is how important clothes are. Right. right. Yeah. They make you Ugh. right. It's so good. fit in or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or stand out. Or, right. Yeah. Or the thing of just like you know you'd think she'd be a riot to look at her because she's so stylish. <laughs> you know. And I mean, there's some you know because it's also like when the girl doesn't want to invite Oliver to whatever they're talking about, and she's like, no one wants to sit with the guy who like shops at Oxfam, whatever that is. You know. <laughs> it's like Goodwill. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was looking up Jacqueline Duran for Barbie and Holly Waddington for mm-hmm. Poor Things trying to just see like what their history is. Jacqueline Duran won in 2020 for Little Women oh. and in 2013 for Anna Karenina. Oh, okay. And she's been nominated in other years since then. In fact, there was one year she was nominated twice. Oh, wow. Like, she was wow. in movies. Oh, I should have known. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like... You didn't expect follow-up questions. Well, you know, it's interesting. It was a lot harder to find information on Holly. Oh, let's see. In 2018, she was nominated for Beauty and the Beast and also Darkest Hour, both as costume design. So she was part of a team. She was nominated for Cyrano and Atonement and Pride and Prejudice. Oh, wow. But I couldn't find as much information about Holly Waddington, actually. It was kind of, maybe she's more of an maybe underdog she's, than... Maybe she's new, kind she, of. She said that, you know, part of the movie is black and white, and then it goes to color, and she was saying that she had made all of the clothes before he decided to do the black and white, oh. and doing black and white, you want to have a lot of contrast in the clothes, and she had already made them such that each character, like, had it basically, like, the outfits were tonally, like, the same color. And oh. but she said that they changed some of it, but like there were a lot of textures that she oh. used in the clothing that helped bring the contrast. I thought that was interesting because nice. I guess I didn't really think about like the process of like how you make a costume for black and white versus color. Right, it doesn't come up. Yeah, when you look her up online, you cannot find a Wikipedia in English that tells you what awards wow. she's been nominated oh. for, but you can get her CV like wow. and here from her manager mm-hmm. like or for her you know agent or whatever but it's just interesting that it's like and here's I think she has CV worked, right she here. worked on the favorite too I think oh. so she's worked with him before it's in Dropbox <laughs> wow <laughs> <Bizarre>. um, <laughs> 
so strange to me. And I mean, there's like lots of very feminine clothing in it. And then there's sort of like the student Bella Baxter where she's wearing a coat. And I guess it was it was Emma Stone's idea to just like not wear the pants with it. <laughs> and I thought that was just like a fun trivia. But I'm rooting for her now because yeah, she, hi. for film, her only ones where she's listed are Poor Things, Lady Macbeth, Departure, and Ginger and Rosa. And then oh. in television, it's The Great which was just oh, a, a pilot. And oh. then everything else is like assistant costume designer. The Man oh. from Uncle, Lincoln, Warhorse, Another Year, Glorious. Oh, I was wrong. I guess I thought she did the favorite, but I guess I, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> atonement. She was like costume assistant on Atonement. Oh. Like her CV's quite short. There's some more stuff in theater and dance, but as far as film goes, she doesn't have a lot of like lead designer credit. So underdog. Good job on the research. <laughs> Do you have like a affinity for costume? Uh, Do you always love I it? I really love like cool, poor things is just like so different. And I thought it was a very striking mm-hmm. movie in a lot of ways. No. Yeah, I guess so. I never really thought about it, but I do like beautiful clothes. I, well, like, I'm just I curious don't... if you always notice costumes or it was like this movie made you want to pick costumes. Oh, it was definitely this movie yeah. that made me want to cool. choose it. <laughs> this has got to win. I will be shocked if it doesn't win and mm-hmm. apparently like for killers of the flower moon it was a lot of work that went into like the accuracy yeah i mean the pendleton blankets were really a thing that was popular with the osage and like the jewelry that they wore poor things was just so cool <laughs> i yeah. just loved it one of my favorite oscar winners it was the woman who won for priscilla queen of the desert she wore like an american express yeah. uh, <laughs> card dress it was yeah. so great so I picked writing, and I lumped original and adapted together because how can you pick between them? Like, right, it's of best writing. So, best writing, adapted screenplay, American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. And best writing, original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May December, the only nomination I think for that, mm-hmm. and Past Lives. For me, the misses from writing, all the strangers 100% adapted. And then the Royal Hotel I thought of because mm, yeah. that was like based on a documentary about a real place. And I oh. thought that movie was, that movie was really so good. good. And yeah. I, I really thought a lot about that movie after mm. we saw it. Good old Kitty Green. I want it to be Poor Things, but it'll probably be Barbie, I think, uh. for that one. So I'm mad that they made Barbie be in the adapted category. Yeah, it really is not it, an adapted screen. Yeah, no. like adapted from it's what? Literally. From, from <laughs> a bajillion little girls' bedrooms over the last, like, 60 years, <laughs> apparently. Have, yeah, I didn't get that either. Because those are existing like, characters. And I'm like, right. That's, no, they're... They're sort of blank slates, I feel yes. like. I'm still mad, as you can tell. Yeah. I think it should have been in right. OG. And I, I mean, Leonard Bernstein is yeah. an existing character. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I guess that's why they did that, to make room for fucking Maestro. <laughs> right. Like, let's shove it. We can't not nominate it, but we can shove it up here. Right? Ugh. That's so anyway, I'm now, I'm, now I'm mad as well. Right. <laughs> and I feel like the Barbie people are mad because now they're competing against Oppenheimer. Again. going to get every Yes. I, I totally cheated them there. there. I feel like it is. Ugh. I'll be very upset if it does. It's, again, it's the only one of that that I didn't see. You I mean, are we just going by how long it is? I mean, I really honestly feel like, Amy, you know. Oh, I don't feel like I need to see Oppenheimer at all, no. Ugh. I feel like there's a lot missing. Yeah. You know, I 
love bottoms <laughs> and Saltburn, Asteroid City. But also, I would have loved you hurt my feelings in there. Oh yeah, I love that, movie. That's, that was such a good one. That was like that's such a like smart grown-up movie that they, it was this year though. I feel like it's the kind of movie that they used to make a lot more of, like smart and for grown-ups. I think yeah. the interesting, the that. thing you never see is stories about like married couples that actually are like mostly happy, but they just mm-hmm. have like a little bad patch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. most of the time it's like, oh, well, they got divorced and it was a big deal or whatever. But it's, mm-hmm. it was just like, we just had a little right. misunderstanding for a while and we're mad at each other. But then we got over mm-hmm. it. This is how we got through it. Yeah, which is like real life. Yeah, like, it's right. really more relatable, right? <laughs> yeah. Have any of you seen Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret? No. Mm-hmm. That was one that some people were saying would have been an adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen it yet, but now I really want to. I heard mm-hmm. it was really good. Benny yeah, Safdie is the dad in it. What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now she's into it. I'm kind of after the curse. I'm kind of Safdie, yeah. I really liked him on that show. <laughs> The curse is so good. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to do more acting because, like, he and his nice. brother are not working together now. Like, oh, really? I think it's because he wants to act more. Oh, okay. Um, it's not like a falling out or anything. No, but I think they're wanting to do their own thing. I would really like to see Past Lives win the original screenplay because yeah. it's not going to yes. win anything else and I really too, want it to win right? something. But I wouldn't be upset if Anatomy of a Fall won because it's a courtroom drama and mm-hmm. because there's so much weight on what the words are. I feel like the script matters a lot in that kind of movie. So and it's a bilingual movie, which is pretty yes. interesting and how well that works. And that whole, mm-hmm. like, did she, didn't she mystery, what they say and what yeah. they don't say is really important. I could see that winning. And yeah. then, of course, the holdovers. I wouldn't be mad about the holdovers. I think it's going to be the holdovers. Yeah. I would love to, yeah, maybe that's going to be their, the like, one? you should win something. I kind of feel well, like... going to win Best Supporting Actress, though. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the critics and stuff are loving Anatomy of a Fall, and yeah. it probably won't win director, but if it's going to win something, it'll win that. Mm-hmm. But that's just a win guess. This one. The thing, honestly, that would make me mad on that one is May, December, because yeah. I didn't like that movie. I know we weren't on the same page on that, but the screenwriter, I felt, was just so full of shit. Everything she said <laughs> about this movie and press. I, mean, I like, completely agree with you about that. Like, yeah. loosely based yeah. on merit. Like, no, it's not loosely loosely based if you change where she works you know and it's a jumping off point I'm like you're full of shit and you wrote a movie about real people and are pretending that like really like why is that original and Barbie is adapted know. you know oh like That's okay but then there's like full transcript from like the interview who was the boss who was the boss you know yeah. how is that original That's ridiculous. I have not finished that movie yet. I feel like this movie is exploitive it's like a movie about exploiting an exploiter and it's exploitive like just yeah. so much you within the first one I said on her podcast yeah. 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 10 minutes in I was like I am not gonna it's like a real this journey. movie like, when it yeah. like I really like this movie and then by the end I was like yeah that's kind of fucked up yeah. baby really turned me around on it I mean I still think things about it are good but it was on the basis of exploiting and lying about it that's not good it was a jumping off point and they like, never acknowledged it which I and the like, jump was one inch right <laughs> Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. I feel like people kind of clued into that at a certain point, and that's why we haven't heard anything about it since. 
Oscar. Yeah. It's interesting. Best. There's a lot of couples that are nominated together. Like, that's oh. her and her husband, I think. And oh, then really? Christopher Nolan's producer is his wife. Oh. And Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. There's Greta a lot of women do anything. I know, right? <laughs> and maybe Justine Triet. I don't know if. And Arthur Harari. Maybe that's a couple. Yeah. I don't know. The Year of the Couples. <laughs> the Year of the Couples. I would like to see Barbie win for Best Adapted just because they're going to shoehorn it in there. I want to see it win and be like, ha, we don't care which category you put us in. We're still winning. If the movie's nominated, I guess I liked Poor Things the best. I really wanted Poor Things. Like, that's a perfect screenplay. Mm-hmm. I love every line in that movie. Yeah. Zone of Interest is super good. good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not any kind of fun, but it is a very well-written movie. <laughs> yeah. So many of the movies. Somebody the other day was like, you don't have to do this, Denise. That was <laughs> great. I watched like an hour and 30 minutes of that or something. Mm-hmm. I think I paused Which it for like something. Which used to be a whole movie, but it is I know. <laughs> I think I paused it, and when I saw that there was still a whole nother hour left, I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm not. I have to go never, to bed. Never God. mind. I heard that was me out loud when we saw everything everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the like part two thing came up. I literally was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought we were wrapping it up. <laughs> then we yep. gotta do everywhere and all at once. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't just part two. It was I know. Well, part three was like two minutes. But, but yeah. like when you saw part two, but yes, two I was like, you're like, fuck, there's a third part. Oh, <laughs> what? oh my god, are we ready to talk about yes. right. music? The final category we're talking about tonight is music original song. Fuck my score tonight. The Fire Inside from Flame and Hot. Music and lyrics by Diane Warren. Oh gosh, that's why. <laughs> oh, I know okay. that's why I picked She's, this category. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Ken from Barbie, obviously. Music and lyrics by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. It never went away from American Symphony. Music and lyrics by John Batiste and Dan Wilson. Wajaji, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. Music and lyrics by Scott George. What Was I Made For from Barbie. Music and lyrics by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. Did you look up how to pronounce Wajaji? I did. Yeah, I did too. Because I was like, well done. Yeah. I like, Googled it. I was like, that's pretty important to get right. Yeah. For me, I'm just going to say it's like kind of a joke, but not 100% a joke. I was like, where's Dick's the musical in this? Right. <laughs> that movie is so funny. I mean, it's all because the music is so funny. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing this, I was like, I'm just going to put the soundtrack on. And I listened to the whole thing and I was like, it's so funny. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously like never, ever even going to come near the Oscars. I don't know. I mean, South Park. Uh, That's such a good point. There, oh, know. my God. Two hetero libertarians can have oh, their funny God. Right. Not too uber gays. Uber gays. So I watched American Symphony, and I think a lot of people expected that to get nominated for Best Documentary. Mm. Um, But it was interesting. It didn't get nominated for Best Documentary, but this is a song that figures really prominently in it. What's it about? The film is about John Batiste. And he did his Carnegie Hall concert and wrote this American symphony. And it's really interesting because it's, you know, like, what if we did a symphony, but actually using like American roots music and instruments and themes. It was a very cool thing that he was doing. And then in the process of that, his wife, I think maybe she had cancer and then it came back. 
So the documentary started out being like the making of American Symphony and then ended up being a little bit more about their journey and her journey. It was really interesting. And I had never heard of him when he came out with that song, Freedom, but that song was just like it for me that whole summer. And for like three months after, I was just like, this is the best song. It makes me so happy. And he seems like a really cool, like down to earth guy. Like he's not letting fame go to his head and all that stuff. So I'm pro them. And then- Is that what you were hoping for? No, there's just <laughs> some info about the song. Okay, cool. And then like, of course, we all know what I'm Just Ken is. But okay, I want to talk about the fire inside for two reasons. Number one, I- Flaming Hot, what is it? It is a fictionalization about the guy who invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. And I'm putting air quotes around it because Frito-Lay has come out and said a lot of people were involved in the making of the Flaming Hot flavors, including this person whose name I don't remember. Yeah, the story is like, he's like a janitor. He works in, I think, the Bakersfield factory, but he has like a gang background. He's trying to like get out of the gang life, but his wife is pregnant. He needs to make money. So he ends up getting this job. And then the economy is going south and he's like, how come I don't ever see any of the flavors of like my people? Hey, we should come up with something that my people will want to buy. They test all the different flavors and they kind of come up with something that's going to work. And then somehow he gets in touch with the CEO and convinces the CEO to test out his flavor. They love it and gets made like director of multicultural (laughs) marketing and outreach or something. And so the person the movie is based on was actually like the marketing director for Mm -hmm. Frito-Lay for like a really long time. I'm sure my dad has seen this movie and said everything you just said is like, his favorite kind of story. So it's like a little bit after school special earnest and like a little bit weird and funny. If you were looking for a relief in your Oscar viewing, this is a great one to watch as a break. It's perfectly family friendly. It's also Eva Longoria's directorial debut. Oh, I like her. And I love that it's like a Latino story with Latino actors filmed by a Latina, like directed by a Latina. I don't know anything about the song except when I was going to make my little Oscars spreadsheet and I was deleting things from last year and pasting things in from this year I was like Diane Warren she's here from last year and I feel like every year this woman is nominated for something and so I looked her up her first nomination was in 1987 for mannequins nothing's gonna stop us now and then she was nominated in 96 97 98 99 she took a year off then she was nominated in 2001 and then she had this big long break But since 2014, there's only been one year that she has not been nominated. She's been nominated so many times. And there are always songs where you don't know anything about that movie. No one's ever seen it. It's only nominated for the song. In 2022, she was given an honorary award, but she's never won. Wow. Um, she has an Emmy, a Critics' Choice Award, a couple of Golden Globes, oh, including one for burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's got like a ton of ASCAP awards. She wrote If You Could Turn Back Time. She wrote I Don't Want to Miss a yeah, Thing for Aerosmith. That's the one I feel like people know her um, the most. One thing I love is that she wrote a song for the movie Con Air, and like mm-hmm. that got nominated. It just like <laughs> really cracks me up. So when I say she is nominated for films, you know, yeah. anyway. <laughs> It's like any old movie. Yeah. Like, just like, not pigeonholed into a genre at all. No. <laughs> so anyway, I just was like, Diane Warren again. And then also it's for this like classically on point for Diane Warren or on brand. It's like a film that no one watched or heard anything about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that kind of made me happy. But I think it's going to be between I'm Just Ken and What Was I Made For? I wonder if they might give it to Wajaji because mm-hmm. they did give it to Natu Natu last year. Especially because that's kind of one of the only things about Killers of the Flower Moon that is like directly from the Osage people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I kind of hope that it'll go that way for that reason. Yeah, I mean, but so... I think it probably will be what was I made for it because like joke songs don't really 
even though I'm just kind yeah. of like, just really like the way it mixes the genres and everything, and it's a banger, but I think they tend to go for the ballads. Yeah. Everybody it, loved the visuals for what was I made for in the movie. Everyone went gaga for that. I just can't get over it. She's going to be a two-time Oscar winner, and mm-hmm. she's like 22. Good for her. I mean, it's... That's it's, great. It's, I mean, she's undeniably No, it's great, but yeah. I mean, like, she has the industry behind her, for sure. Yeah. It's a, a great song. I mean, it I'm, is. she's great. It's I just amazing. I think it's like, the best song she's ever written, but I'm, right. glad, I'm happy for any success. It's not the one that, like, people are, like, singing in the shower or in the car or, like, that I'm Just Ken song is undeniably catchy. That like you said, a, it's a banger. And he had a Christmas version. <laughs> that was so silly. And also, they asked if he was going to perform it at the Oscars, and he was like, I don't know, maybe if I'm nominated, I will. And so I'm like, is this vote really because people want him to perform it live at the maybe. Oscars? Because I'm living for that now. Yeah, the Wajaji song is the surprise for me, because it kind of came out of nowhere on the like the list of the different odds. It was like 11. So it was just like oh, wow. way mm-hmm. down there. One song that didn't get nominated that I think was expected was Road to Freedom, which is from the movie Rustin and is okay. um, written by Lenny Kravitz. Oh, and it's no. like third in the odds. So oh, surprising. It was definitely really yeah, because he got yeah. nominated for the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. I remember he was there. Yeah, that's surprising he's not on hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was like a surprise and then there was like a snub. But in the end, I think it is probably going to be What Was I Made For? And I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to see how those performances will shake out. <laughs> it's like really weird that they haven't announced anything else about it. Right. About who's going to be there other than Jimmy mm-hmm. Kimmel. Like, I'm probably still negotiating is. behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah, usually, oh, like at this time, they've got some stuff out. Like somebody that's like got a movie coming out or something, or mm-hmm. there's a couple in a movie and they'll have them like yeah. present something mm-hmm. or whatever. Something like that. Maybe they're just still waiting to hear back from people. They're like, we put out a bunch of yeah. tests and everyone's right? like, we're super busy working now. That I know that's what I was gonna say. Your everyone's time. like super busy. Maybe that's what that. it is. I feel like the strike probably is affecting it in yeah. some way. Because maybe mm-hmm. they would have normally had these conversations back then yeah, when the strike was happening. They couldn't yeah, talk. That's mm-hmm. true. And also, everyone's like PR junkets got all messed up because yeah. the timing of when you could do stuff. I read that a lot of the movies that got nominated came out earlier in the year, like mm-hmm. in the summer and something I was reading, like Color Purple came out in December. And yeah, like, Christmas. That used to be the time to release a movie to be in the Oscars. Maybe because of the strike. I don't know exactly. Summer like, movies were nominated more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like All of Us Strangers came out pretty late in the year too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if that affected it. Yeah, I checked and it was definitely still within the mm-hmm. realm of eligibility. Right. Just maybe not enough people had seen it? I don't know. Everything I've heard about the sex scene and like I've heard so many gay men be like, it's just so nice to see such a realistic Mm -hmm. love scene on screen and we've never seen anything. I don't know. I feel like that was it. The powers that be were like, ew. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't need to see that. In the name <laughs> of spoilers, is there any violence? Like, are these... No. So that's talking that's about that, another, what well, kinds of stories... Um, okay, I don't want to say too much, but, like, mm-hmm. there's not violence in the there's way no gay that bashing. you're thinking of. So that's probably also part of it. They're like, there's not enough mm-hmm. suffering for us yeah. here that's no, specifically that's, gay. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of suffering, yeah. but it's more universal parent right. suffering than gay suffering, so that's... They don't like well, that. Well, that's why it didn't get nominated, because yeah. they only like <laughs> one kind of story for gay people. So fucking true. So this what's called a lunchtime poll. To finish, I was just wondering, I know I, I'm just bringing this on everyone because I just <laughs> thought of it myself, but what's like the thing you're most excited about at the Oscars at this point in time? Hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, I I want to see what everybody's wearing. That's mm-hmm. still like a yeah. fun reason yeah. why I like to tune in. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to say I get really disappointed by the Oscars a lot, but oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but that's something that never disappoints me. So yeah, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I feel like the Oscars may be, like, one of my biggest problematic faves. Like, I love it so much, but it is also so disappointing. It is really disappointing. (laughs) If I felt guilty about any pleasure, I would say this was a guilty pleasure, but... Yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty about pleasure, I totally... Yeah, let's definitely go on the record about that. I mean, I guess I'm actually gonna be away during the Oscars. I'm gonna be in Mexico, so I'm actually pretty excited for that. I didn't think oh. about it, though. I know. I didn't, like, I, but, whoa. Are you going to be able to see it? Or are you I don't know. not even trying? You're going to be like, care about it. it. It's like 80 degrees perfectly oh, signed that I'm going to sit in my dark hotel room. I'm like, my TV will record it. I mean, I, had, I didn't think about it when I made those plans. Probably still would have gone mm-hmm. when we were going. But, but if I was watching it live, I think I would be most excited to see that. I'm just Ken performance if he does it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Awesome. Same. Actually, yeah. same on both. Every year mm-hmm. I have this, like, negotiation I do with my friend Stephanie, because I always go to her house. We have our mostly silent Oscars party, and I have to negotiate because I want to watch literally the entire red carpet. I just want oh, to roll out carpet. of bed into yes. the, my pajamas, get a mimosa, and, like, park my ass on the couch at, like, noon and watch mm-hmm. all five hours of, like, red carpet or whatever it is. But she's always, like, got a life. <laughs> That's <laughs> all she's got to do. She's like, you can come over at three. And then I'm like, no! What? <laughs> that I'm missing but also I'm really excited about the I'm just Ken performance mm-hmm. I really hope it happens I think so. it'll happen they don't want to make that we don't talk about Bruno mistake again what happened then I'm oh sure. well because they didn't nominate it right they nominated oh. the other song from Encanto mm-hmm. and they didn't nominate we don't talk about Bruno but then they like shoehorned we don't talk about Bruno in during like one of the breaks and like the people were like performing oh, and going through the audience and right. stuff so, like, because of all the uproar thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's were, like, like the popular goofed. one yeah. yeah. I think Disney just gambled, right? Because doesn't it have to be like put forward as like, please consider this? And mm-hmm. then like they didn't put it forward oh, to like please for consider it. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They picked the and other song. It ended up being like so popular. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oopsies. I love the red carpet too. Like I always try to watch that as early as I can, but unfortunately <laughs> I have obligations. <laughs> <laughs> so usually I can't tune in until about three, but... I fucking live for that. I live for, like, people saying shady stuff on the red carpet. <laughs> I live for seeing who brought their mom. I always love that. Uh, or fake dictator yeah, ashes. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> like the crazy yeah. quote. What's you know? his face? Um... Oh my god, the dictator. Yes, do you remember when he accidentally spilled ashes on yeah. uh, Ryan Seacrest? I love that. <laughs> oh my god. There's always something. I don't know if I saw that. Well, wow. Ryan Seacrest did not think it was funny. Oh. Like, oh yeah. It does not have a sense of humor. Fuck off. <laughs> but then also, anytime Florence Pugh will definitely be there, I'm always happy and she will definitely be there. Yay. So, yay. <laughs> oh, Ooh. Oppenheimer. Maybe well, she'll give an award. Anything, but like when the oh, movie she'll be is presenter. nominated, like everyone in the cast gets to go. Oh. Like the best picture. She, she can be there and she will be there. She's been like doing a lot of award stuff lately. It's a really exciting time for Florence. <laughs> because Dune 2, she's doing so much press for that. Yeah. And it's amazing. <laughs> You're like, it's <laughs> an exciting like, time for Florence. How did you feel fans? about her hair at the Golden Globe? I love her hair all the time. I love her hair. I feel like she could pull off any hair. And I know that there are people that are like, we love long hair, Florence Pugh, we don't like short hair. Well, she did like like some weird hair thing. The spiky hair? 
Maybe I'm thinking of a different award show. The Met Gala or the... I don't know. I'm Lisa. Googling. That's where she... Recent thing. And she I thought it was Golden Globe. Oh, yeah. She kind of has like the ducktail. Oh, the rockabilly look? Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> this one? Yes. Oh, I love that look. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Oh. That's my favorites. I think oh, it's God. so hot. <laughs> You would think anything girl. Was I know. so like, high. Is anything You're like, she could do this. No. She Not can so do far. no wrong. <laughs> I'll let you know. I don't like it. It is kind of rockabilly. That's a Brian Setzer haircut. <laughs> it totally is Brian Setzer's hair. Literally, like, <laughs> boop. That's so funny. It looks better on her. Yeah. It does. It's true. It's true. How very. Who else is on here? I am having a hard time with Guardians of the Galaxy because all my friends are like, too much animal cruelty and I couldn't watch it. Guardians oh, yeah. That movie, like, yeah. traumatized my son. <laughs> yeah, it's like, traumatizing. It's the story of, oh, like, Rocket three. Raccoon. Okay. So it's I like... I didn't know that one. It's nominated. Best visual effects. So all I have left now are movies that I'm avoiding or, like, the shorts and, <laughs> and the documentaries. Yeah. And I try to, like, save the animated ones to give me, like, a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, this weekend I'll probably go do the animated shorts and the live action shorts. I usually try to do those as a double feature, but I don't think I can this year. And then all the international feature films, a lot of them are starting to come out now in theaters. Like, Oh yeah, I really want to see Perfect Days. Mm-hmm. That might be at think that's starting this soon. weekend. Yeah, that's coming pretty yeah. soon. And oh, Society of the Snow, that would get my vote for makeup. I don't think like horror makeup gets enough credit. And I mean, this horror is, you know, in general doesn't get nearly enough. Yeah, credit. it's like the Chilean soccer team crashing in the Andes, and there's like bruises and cuts and contusions and yeah. gangrene and wow. people vomiting, and it was very realistic. I don't yeah. think it'll get credit because the Academy won't give it the credit it's due. But that's my mm. pick. I think it should win. I also really liked that yeah. movie. My cat and my dog are about to. I mean, are they really? No, there's well, towel wagging going on. Well, yeah, he wants to be Ellen. friends and Jinx will not be friends with anybody. Mm. It's like mm. classic. Yeah. A tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Jeez. I'm always so excited to come and join you. And I'm, yeah, I look forward to it for like weeks and weeks and weeks. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to give us five stars on your preferred podcast app. If you did not enjoy it, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Jessica Baxter, Amy Green, and Christina Barr. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Blue Sky at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Paid in Puke is produced and edited by Divine Betty Media. Music by Silent Partner and Jessica Baxter. Thanks for listening. You're beautiful. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.